discussion on Mega Man Battle Network. Once again, joining me is Tanner. Welcome again to the show, Tanner. Hey, Michael. Good to be back. Uh, I just want to apologize in advance for any creaking chair noises, because when I listened to the episode after it came out last week, I was like, I didn't think my chair creaked that much, yeah. but apparently it does. You'd be surprised how much... It's always something different for me. I might make a point that I'm going to be like, I'm going to make sure my mouse doesn't do the clickety-clack on the mic, so I move it over here this time, and then it's something else. And then I lean too close, and then I find out that I can hear myself breathing in an episode. So it's it's the editor's curse. We notice things that overall the viewer doesn't really care about. I think if I had to attribute one good thing to the pandemic is people care a lot less about microphone quality than they did. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. But we have a great show for you today. Once, uh, As I said at the top, we are going to be discussing the second half of Mega Man Battle Network. And this game is kind of wild. What it a starts, game. It starts to get into a pattern and then just been, and then goes, I don't know, man. Wrap it up, I guess. It, it's the style of the time, man. It was the style yeah. of, like, kids-focused RPGs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it, obviously. They were figuring out a baseline for what this series is, and because of that, there's it starts to get in a groove with like how like dungeons functions, and then it completely changes it up and eventually gives no direction, and then here's like the big finale dungeon. So this game... The second half here took about, was near around the money for about half our playtime, but it was only three individual sections. It was only three major boss fights as opposed to the five major boss fights that we had in the first half. So pacing in this half is a little bit, pacing in this half is a little bit weird, but overall, like, I think I had an easier time with the second half. So I definitely had an easier time with the second half. Um, I do think, because I remember looking at the walkthrough, because you're right, I looked at the walkthrough for Electman Stage. Sorry to purists, by the way. But yeah, I looked at the walkthrough for Electman Stage, and I'm like, well, I'm curious, how many more sections does this walkthrough have? And it was like, oh, there's like two. It's like this, and then like the finale, basically. Uh, You know, it was really, really sudden. I guess it it kind of, like... Mm, I don't know. There's there's stuff I want to save till the end because it's like some of the end game stuff. Yeah. But one thing I just want to note real quick before I forget is that uh, just as I was getting to the end game, I got an update for the Switch version. Now, if you remember, I was complaining last episode about how you couldn't just set a plain black border, that you had to have an image border or like character art border or whatever you want to call it. And I thought that was very annoying. The update allowed me to have just a straight black empty border. Capcom heard you. They're like, you know they what? Did, like, I, I was trying to do the math on like how how many people at Capcom listen to this fucking podcast? Because I would, yeah, <laughs> you say that now, but I have some franchises I would like revived, sir. And okay. let's go down the list. Dino yeah. Crisis. All right, we're done. 
Fair enough. Yeah, we'll we'll just get the Dino Crisis out. Listen, all right, like make whatever. <laughs> the point is, I did finally get to play the ideal, which is big screen uh, with a black border, so that I wasn't like my eyes were not literally just distracted by the things on the sides. So yeah, I just wanted to note that somehow at the very end of this, I got the exact settings I wanted. At the very end uh, of Battle Network One, at least how many games does collection have? Is are, do they do the weird? Mega Man collection thing of we're releasing two games at the same time, but if you buy the bundle, you get both collections. Oh boy, did they? <laughs> Why yeah, did they do this? I don't know, man. I have no... This, this is Capcom we're talking about. Like, I have no idea why they did this. I don't know who... I guess... Is there somebody who's going to buy just uh, one through... It's not even... Oh, so this is... I love... So, you know, three... Mega Man Battle Network 3 is split into, like, blue and white. They were doing a Pokemon thing. Yeah. Now, I'm going to be honest, I don't know the difference between those two, because, uh, again, I'm, I'm new to the series. But uh, the collection, the first volume of the Battle Network collection just has one of the versions, I believe white. So if you want to play blue, you need to buy the second collection. Of Battle Network 3? Yeah. What? That's weird. I don't know. I was. Are they oh, separated between the... Game Boy Advance and Nintendo DS, maybe? Like, are they split between... I don't think so i don't huh. think so um i also i doubt it because when you gave that timeline uh i believe that these games came out really fast like well before the ds came out i could be wrong but i feel like uh battle network 3 was out well before the ds and the reason yeah, i feel that, that way right. is because it was because i i just did a quick wikipedia it was okay because um, battle network one was not quite a launch game, but it was in launch year, because they were advertising this thing whenever the, um, like, Game Boy Advance, before the Game Boy Advance was out, they were teasing Battle Network. Yeah, I think actually, I'm trying to remember if Mega Man Zero was a Game Boy, no, it wasn't, no, never mind, it wasn't a launch game. Um, yeah, sorry, I, I got my dates mixed up, Zero came out the year after Game Boy Advance launched. I mean, but, there's like a yeah. million Mega Man games, so it's natural you're going to confuse at least three sub-series with of, each other. Of course, yeah, exactly. I mean, this one, so so I got I watched a video um, that kind of mentioned what uh, Star Force was all about, which, you know, is the sequel series to this, and that premise is overwritten as shit, because when they started describing what the premise was, I'm like, okay, you've got, like, way too many details, so he's got, like, a cat arm cannon thing that, like, is intelligent in itself. And I don't under like it in my opinion, it's one of those where not to not to, you know, push back at creatives, but someone need to be in the room to say, okay, this is too much. This is too many things. We we gotta cut some of these details out. <laughs> a cat did I hear cat arm cannon? Did Dude, it shoot I, cats? Yes, a cat arm cannon thing. I have no idea what the deal was. They also did cross did over. This... I don't know what game. I think there was a battle network game where like he meets Star Force. Again, the timeline is very, very weird. Battle Network and Star Force are really like my Mega Man uh, blind spots. So, as someone who this is uh, finally finished a Mega Man game, I still have no idea what's happening in the overall Mega Man lore. This is nuts and confusing. It's fine. It's fine because <laughs> again, this is this is a new timeline. This is not regular Mega Man. This was the first game that was a new timeline. You don't have to play Mega Man Soccer to understand what's happening in this one. 
Okay. Uh, this is, yeah. Because, yeah, Mega Man, like, nowadays, it would be like, all right, here's the Disney Plus show that you have to, like, watch to get caught up with, like, this other thing to prepare for Mega Man X3 or whatever. Oh, no. Yep. Yeah, I don't like that. Man. But speaking of uh, confusing timelines, I'm going to talk about a game before we get into the main game club. I'm going to talk about a game's demo I've been playing over the past couple weeks. Pikmin 4. Man, I I didn't know... Are you a Pikmin fan? I rented 1 and 2 multiple times, but I never owned a Pikmin game back in the day. And then 3 I came see. on the Wii U, and then I had a very strict... When Pikmin 3 came to the Switch, I adopted... Well... It's an older game. Eventually, Nintendo is going to bring back Nintendo Selects, right? Mm, God, I would love... Oh, God, Michael. I haven't heard that term <laughs> in a long time, and it just made me very sad. Happy I'm, yet sad. I'm still hopeful. One day, they'll bring back the Nintendo Selects line. Once I finally cave and buy all the games I missed on the Switch, that I said, I'll get that for 20 bucks, then they'll, and, and they'll you bring know it And you know why they'll never do it? They'll just point at a fucking chart of Mario Kart 8 sales numbers. Yep. That is all they ever have to do. That That's the most insane one. Uh, it's still... There was a Switch commercial on uh, yesterday. I was uh, watching Futurama, and uh, a Switch commercial came on. That is Mario Kart 8. I'm like, they're still advertising this game nine years later. That's to, as a system seller. It's not like, oh, you can also get Mario Kart 8 on this system. It's like, no, this is the system seller. This is the big marquee title. This nine-year-old game, it's actually insane. I, I imagine that even, like, I had to imagine that they knew it was going to be big. I just don't know if they knew it was going to be as consistent as it has been. And I was a Wii U owner, still am, and I bought Mario Kart 8, and I was telling people how good this game was. And then the Switch came out, and I was kind of done with it by the time the Switch came out, of course. You know, go figure. But, like, I don't know, man. Well, actually, you, you say, you know, Pikmin 3 was a Wii U game. I was excited for Pik or Pikmin 3. Sorry, I was excited for the Wii U because it was getting a new Pikmin game. Like I am a big Pikmin fan. I won't I'm not a super fan because I've only played through each game like once. Um and, and actually was it was it right after this was we I think right after we picked Battle Network was when they announced the remasters of one and two for switch. And I was so upset because like (laughs) Pikmin two fit within the parameters and I would have killed to talk about Pikmin two, which I do think is still the best one. And I I... remember really liking it. I liked the dungeon crawling aspects. I liked the treasure hunting. I get that the, everyone likes the, um, well, not everyone, but everyone who swears by the first game likes kind of the, the tense feeling of running out of oxygen and the time limit that takes down because of it. But I really liked the treasure hunting. I liked organ. I remember liking organizing the troops for specific tasks, like having a whole bunch of Pikmin, having to choose between uh, which Pikmin to choose to be purples and whites, which added a complete dynamic to the game. Yeah, I really liked that in Pikmin too. And, to be honest, when Pikmin 3, we got the winged Pikmin, which actually did, they were a new thing. It's like, okay, these guys can fly, but they're not very strong. And then when, when the rock Pikmin, that was the new type they introduced in 3, and I'm like, this is just purple Pikmin again. But, like, I like it less because it's a rock. I liked when it was just, like, a little little tubby guy. He, he was a real, and I will say that 
the uh, the new one, the Ghost Pikmin in in uh, four. That like is them. a cutie patootie. Big fan. I, I love them. Big fan of Glow Pikmin. Yes. Uh, uh, how do you feel about Pikmin lore, though? Because I have a feeling I've already seen people complain about the story of Pikmin four. Do you know anything about this? Okay. Here's here's the thing about Pikmin's story and lore. It never matters. It is. No, it, well, okay, so it was, I really liked the journal entry. So the idea for one and two was like, after each day you have a journal entry where Olimar uh, writes, like, here's what's, what the deal is. And for three, it was different characters. It was three new characters. And so it would be like conversations between them. So I have not played four, as you said. I'm really curious um, how the conversations work out or diary entries, whatever they're doing. That I want to keep. As far as, like, a deep story goes, the only lore was that in the first game it was kind of speculated, like, oh, maybe this this planet they're on is Earth. And the second one it was like, yeah, product placement confirms that it's Earth. The second had some great product placement. Um, yes. They really they really showed that Duracell battery being carried by the Pikmin <laughs> in, like, every advertisement I saw. Every video was like, look, we got a Duracell battery in this one. <laughs> I don't know why. They were like, the kids are going to go nuts for Duracell. They cannot get enough of it. But, like, by three, it was very, like, uh, no product placement. And also, you weren't getting objects. You were really just getting fruit. And that did kind of bum me out. And it seems like in this one, they are going back to, like, getting items. This feels like, as someone who didn't play through it all, this feels kind of like a sequel in gameplay-wise to Pikmin 2. There's um, different caverns you can go into. There's sort of mini multi-floor set dungeons with puzzles that you have to solve with your Pikmin as well as enemies you have to navigate. There's some treasures there. That's where you can unlock in this demo the Ice Pikmin, whose ability is if you throw 10 of them in water or any pool of water, it will freeze and your Pikmin can walk over it as long as they are plugging the water. But as soon as you take them out, the water will unfreeze. Okay. So yeah, it's a that... nice little bouncing mechanic. It's also the world. It makes sense that they're going with a different story, a disconnected story, one that kind of retcons the first two games because the world is very different. This is less of like a post-apocalypse that Pikmin 1 and 2 was, and this is like almost Toy Story-esque. You're going into people's homes. There's no sign of human life, but you're going into people's homes. There's still furniture going around that you can climb up on their the backyards have like sandboxes and gardens and everything in so it's like they had to reinvent the story in order for them to make this new like miniature world that they crafted for this game so michael you asked if i was you know worried about them changing the pikmin lore and i said no i have not really heard anything about like the lore in this game until what you just said that and what you just said, yes, that makes me furious. I okay. changed my earlier response. So this is how the story plays out, at least in the demo. Olimar is chronicling that, uh, his time crashing into the Pikmin planet, but his diary entries make it seem like he doesn't make it out. So you play as a uh, member of a rescue team that is going down to the planet and dis- and finding the Pikmin who's trying to lead you to Olimar so you can save him. And you are once again grabbing both treasures and you're grabbing parts for different spaceships uh, to enhance your own spaceship as well as pieces of, like Olimar's spaceship 
So it's implied that this is kind of like the bad ending of one, where Olimar doesn't make it out, and so a rescue team involving you has to come down to the planet and help find and rescue Olimar. Michael, I do not want Pikmin into the Pikmin-verse. You know, I don't want... I really did... I liked Olimar... I, I, he's not a deep character. I liked his design a lot. I still do. I love his design. And I feel like Nintendo just shits on him all the time. Uh, and Listen, I, I guess I am a bigger Pikmin fan than I thought. Because this is making me very upset. <laughs> I really don't like the idea that they're just going to retcon 1, 2, and I guess 3 as well. I'm sorry you had, I, had to break the news. Mm, maybe, no, there has to be something going on here. I don't want a fucking, like, Zelda timeline, but for Pikmin. You know, like, it, let's keep it... It was fine. Just go to the planet and just find things with Pikmin. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> what, it's really what? not just... Just here's a new Pikmin now. What's wrong with something, that? They wanted to do something different. There's also something weird going on where... Uh, have you ever seen the bad ending for Pikmin 1? Where of course, yeah, Pikmin where he, he becomes like a Pikmin, yeah. There is, uh, on one of the trailers, there is a little Olimar-like oh, no. figure who has red skin no. and who has the um, sprout on his head. So it's implying, uh, is there multiple uh, Olimar? Is this a multiple universe thing? What is going on? Why is the planet different? But the gameplay is a lot of fun. It's Pikmin, <laughs> but more of like on the ground level and a third person on a, in like a third person perspective type deal so you're right on the floor with your troops uh but the other weird thing is to unlock you unlock through upgrades some of the features that you had in the previous games like to sort by color that's like an, a part of the upgrade tree oh that's and, or... <laughs> damn i should play this demo i really was like i'll just play it i'm, I'm very busy as we'll kind of like talk about when we talk about what i've been doing but like I was like, well, I'll just play the full game when it comes out. And now I'm wondering, I don't know. I was very hyped and I don't really avoid something for like spoiler reasons, but I wasn't like, to be honest, I wasn't watching any coverage for this. Cause I'm like, yeah, they've sold me. It's Pikmin four. Like I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a Mark. I really am for Pikmin there. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, hey, it's more, it's more Pikmin games, mainline Pikmin games. But now I'm all the stuff you're saying. I have faith. I do. It's and I've heard of positive things about the demo. Yeah. But I'll admit that some of what you're saying is giving me pause. I will, I will, let me say one thing to restore hope. Okay. Uh, you can travel in like, like the, the Garden depths. of Hope in Pikmin, yeah. a location. Anyway, go on. Yeah, yeah, speaking of Garden of Hope, uh, the, when you're in the depths and you're just walking around with your Pikmin exploring, occasionally they'll sing music from Pikmin 1 and 2, including Garden of Hope. They'll be like, la, 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 la. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do love that little, I love when the Pikmin sing. Um, also, I love that you called it the depths because we're just in Tears of the Kingdom, Kingdom vernacular yeah. territory. Yeah, uh, Nintendo seems to have themes of years. This is a year of the depths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, occasionally yeah, they... it's year of the anime. Occasionally it's year of Luigi. This year's year of the depths. Well, it'll never be year of Luigi again. All right, that they took a massive loss on that. Uh, they are ne we are never getting Luigi Stardom again. That's the reason he was sidelined in the Mario movie, let me tell you. This is an actual, uh, this is, what I'm about to say is misinformation, but a part of me is like, what if Lui the year of Luigi was the worst year financially for Nintendo? I, Michael, I don't, so here's the thing, it wouldn't shock me. But I always got a kick out of everyone who was like, oh, Nintendo should just go third party and like do mobile games. And it's just one of those things where you want to grab them by the fucking neck and be like, 
Do you have any idea how much money they have? Just, they don't have walking around money or even fuck you money. They have fuck the galaxy money. Like, they have so much money just from the Wii alone. I feel like people, especially because gamers, you know, like capital G gamers, wrote the Wii off. They just kind of forget how much money Nintendo made off of that system alone. Uh, Like, I, I think they've probably still... Like, I don't know if Mario Kart 8 has profited as much as Mario Kart Wii did. You know what I mean? Just because of, like, the cost of development. As of, I mean, like, a few did... years ago, Mario Kart Wii was still on the charts. It was yeah, insane. Yeah, I believe... Yeah, I believe <laughs> it. Because it's just like that. Also, again, this is, like, part of why people wrote it off, is, like, the games, yeah, they might not have looked good, but also that made them super, super cheap. And that is why they were able to make a lot of money off of them. Anyway, it just always killed me when people were like, oh, Nintendo's in dire straits. I'm like, yeah, they've had a bad couple years. But, like... When you're talking about like, oh, they should uh, get it. Like, I hope someone acquires them. I'm like, I think they're going to be okay. I think, I don't think that is uh, in the cards. No, they're they're doing just fine. And plus, the Switch is on its way to becoming like a top three best-selling console of all time, if it's not already there yet. So, yeah, I mean, the Switch. I will say, like, uh, one of my favorite games last year, Xenoblade Three. I love it to death, uh, and I'm amazed that Monolith was able to get it running on there as well as it did. But it was one of those where I'm like, oof, Switch is uh, it's getting a little old there, getting a little uh, creaky. I need the... What amazed me was that Tears of the Kingdom, uh, just let... I think Monolith was a support studio on that. Just let Monolith do everything. Like, Man, they know how to squeeze every ounce of technology out of that thing. Dark. There's something dark at the heart of all this, because, like, Monolith keeps helping Nintendo with all these things. Uh... And they keep making... I don't know how they were able to do all this support and then also develop Xenoblade 3. That, to me, is still unfucking real And then, again, Xenoblade 3 is not a half-assed thing. It is a phenomenal JRPG. And I truly don't know, but I feel like there's something dark at the heart of this. I feel like once we go looking, we're not going to like what we find. And then I bring up this every time I talk about the Switch's power, because I'm still mad about it. Then you look at Pokemon Company with Scarlet and Violet and just go, What yeah. did you do? Now, I also, I think Pokemon, there's a couple weird things. The big one being, like, at some point, I would love to, I, I'm sure someone could tell me exactly when the multi, the multimedia launch cycle just became locked in. And this is just for, like, everything, because, you know, one of the things with Pokemon is they start prepping the next game immediately after finishing whatever game they just did. Yeah. And they prep the whole multimedia cycle, the shows, the toys, all that stuff. And that just really, that... To say it doesn't help is, like, an understatement. Uh, I think of, famously or infamously, the uh, Hobbit trilogy, where, like, you know, uh, Guillermo del Toro left that project, Peter Jackson was brought in, and he's like, all right, I'm going to start from scratch. And they were like, no, 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 you don't understand. We are locked into this date. Like, this date cannot be moved. You have to do everything that you would normally do in half the time. And those movies are not great. Famous, or, again, uh, that also happened to... What's it called? Uh, not Last Jedi. What's the one after that? Uh, Rise, of Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker. Where, you know, they got rid of the Jurassic World guy, and then J.J. comes in. And I'm not a big fan of J.J. Abrams, but I, I can understand he was like, all right, got to start from scratch. They're like, no, 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 you have to, this has to be out in two years. Like, you don't get to start fresh here. And that is a thing that happens with Pokemon. They are not, like, allowed to take their time. Yeah, I remember when Sword and Shield came out in particular, the vibe was like, oh, this needed more time. Like, this isn't a bad game, but this needed way more time. And 
when you're a big multimedia launch, you can't do that. Also, I do want to say I'm citing late 2000s things. The first example I can think of, and I, I'm guarantee there's earlier, but I think of the Emperor's New Groove. I don't know if you know the story behind that, where like it was a completely different movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But and they had to rewrite it and like animate it in such a short time because they were like, no, no, no. We signed with McDonald's. You don't fuck over Ronald McDonald. <laughs> All right. Did you see how they got a bunch of fucking randos caring about the the? I was about to call him the Grinch. Uh, caring about Grimace. A character that I haven't thought of in, like, 20 years? No, you don't fuck with that, all right? Have the llama voiced by, what's his fucking name, David Spade. David Spade. And put put the fucking movie out. John Goodman will say yes to anything, let's get him. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you ever see the recordings where it was Owen Wilson in that part? No. So so it was a completely different story. I this to my backlog David... of videos. Oh, man, David Spade was always Kuzco, but originally in the bizarre version that, like, again, we have we never saw... And it was a completely different story. Uh, Owen Wilson voiced Pacha, but no. that was very different. No, but he wasn't like him at all. It was it was supposed to be a take on the Prince and the Pauper. They were gonna like switch places. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, okay. that makes it, that, more sense. Casting yeah, if, wise. yeah. There's listeners. There's a great oral history uh, from a couple of years ago of the making of the Emperor's New Groove. Give it a read. It, it's really really good. Yeah. So, that's Pikmin 4. <laughs> yes, alright, so yeah, that's Pikmin 4 and Emperor's <laughs> New Groove's development, yep. Yeah, that's, that's how we roll on State of the Day. We kind of just go wherever the wind takes us. Right now, Look, the wind man. is taking us to the net. Yes, uh, which, which net? The video game net or the animated net? Uh, a little bit of both, I guess, because you took you upon yourself to do some extra homework for this and wanted to check out the anime series that went um, that coincided with Mega Man Battle Network. Yes, uh, which is called Mega Man NT Warriors. I don't know why. And, yeah, that's just NFT one of those, like... Warriors. <laughs> Dude, it's so... This game, this game has predicted the future in some weird ways, <laughs> is just all I'm saying. Uh, I, I watched it... So here was my methodology. One of the funnest experiences I've had, like... I don't know, watching TV, I guess you'd say, it was me and some friends were hanging out, and uh, my buddy put on, he put on the first episode of Beyblade Season 2, which okay. I had only kind of casually watched Beyblade the show. He put that episode on and then said, I'm going to skip straight to the season finale. And we watched that, and you just saw a bunch of people who didn't know anything about Beyblade try to process how, like, you get from the first episode to the last episode of that series, uh, and just... Then he also was like, all right, what if we jump, not even season three, uh, first episode, just the season three finale. So it goes from the season two intro episode, which is like, oh, they're in school and, you know, they're like fighting these little spinning tops or whatever, to the third season finale where he's like fighting God in space and the Titanic like rises up <laughs> from the earth. And I wanted to try to replicate that. It wasn't quite as fun. I watched the first three episodes and then the last episode. Okay. At least that was dubbed. Uh, there was definitely more in Japan. But we did not get that dub. And the first episode, I just want to say that, like, right off the bat, very boring intro. Just just in a no. time where, yeah, it's just a very, very boring intro. And maybe my standards are t too high because I hold it to the standards of, like, at that time, Kirby right back at you with his sick jazz opening. Yes. Or even, like, the Sonic X gotta go fast thing that's been memed to death but is clearly very catchy because, like, it's in the movies. Or the four kids intro to One Piece. 
just that era. Dude, anything. Of... It's just it's a very boring intro. Like that's that's just something I really want to get off the bat right now. Uh, it's there, probably why I never watched of, like... it as a kid. I remember seeing that image of Mega Man somewhere. It might have been on like Kids WB or something. And then if it if it didn't have a intro, I wasn't hooked. Like I can recite probably the entire Ozzy and Drake's intro. Was that a good show? No, it was Ozzie not. Ozzy and Drake's had a very good intro, and it was a but very that intro bad was show. fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's plenty of shows. Someone point out because I I never liked Johnny Test. I don't like fucking hate it or whatever. I'm not like I. Okay, in general, I try to, like, not be mad about shows that are aimed at small children. You know what I mean? As a, as a grown adult. However, someone noted that, like, the Johnny Test theme song fucking rips. That song is great. And I watched that, and I'm like, okay, this song actually rules. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, but, yeah, just a very boring intro for Mega Man NT Warriors. Uh, I want to note just a couple things. Number one is that they call – we called her Mail, the girl sidekick. They yep. call her Meilu. Meilu? There's not you Mailu. in that name. No, there is not. But they call her Meilu. Yeah, I was like, there's no way we're missing. No, it is not Meilu in the <laughs> game. Like they very and they changed some other names around. So okay. like, I I forget um what his name is, but I just want to point out the fish guy, uh, the, or the shark guy, whatever you want to call him in the game, is clearly like one of the main characters in this show, and he has a southern accent, which is great. It makes sense. He has he, the hardest boss fight. Dude, yeah, I could I couldn't beat it. I didn't beat it. I just straight Short up did not beat it. Is nuts. Anyway. <laughs> but also he has a superhero alter ego later that I don't know if they actually don't know is him or if they're pretending they don't know is him. Okay. Uh, th- dude, the show is you know, it's it's they took some liberties. Uh shout out to In Land's Room, the movie poster with a Mandalorian on it titled Blue Harvest. Uh, hey. shout out to, yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, okay, again, this and it's straight up a Mandalorian. It is just like Boba Fett's armor. <laughs> so, so one thing that's interesting is that they did deal with kind of not a complaint, but just something we noted in the first part of this, which is that you know, Lan and Mega Man are already a thing. Like we don't see them getting to meet or whatever. It, the first episode is them meeting. The first episode, he has a shitty like net navy, and he gets Mega Man and. Immediately after he gets Mega Man, the fire happens, which, by the way, he tries to put it out with a fire extinguisher, so I'll give it to Lan in the show for being slightly smarter than than in-game Lan. <laughs> Anime Lan is they... smarter than game Lan. Got it. Yes, he, he very much is. They fight Fireman, who is named Torchman in this version. That's better. Uh, and and his, uh, his like owner or user is Scottish for some reason. Big fan. <laughs> And it's just, like, I, I watched a couple episodes. It's not really too much going on. They do, like, a runaway train thing. They introduce a lot of the side characters. I'm going to be honest, Michael. I'm looking at my notes, and I can tell I was falling asleep halfway through episode two because they just really drop off after, oh, after no. like, the first half of episode. No, I mean, it's not like – I just don't have a lot to say. It's just a very generic kids anime. One thing I, I can say – not that the voice actors are untalented. I think they're doing fine, but, like – I think Pokemon, one of the reasons it took off is they got so lucky with just incredible voice talent. They really just lucked out with that cast. Yeah. And I'm there's some fine voices in this, but, like, none of them really stood out. You know, I didn't really care for any of them. Uh, also, just say that, like, episode three, they introduced... Uh, that's where they actually introduced the character Yai, or whatever, however her name is pronounced, right? Yeah. And uh, the whole, like final conflict so this is the traffic light thing except they reverse it where instead of activating all the lights 
they just turn on all the red lights and everyone just sits in traffic, which is way less dramatic. And it doesn't <laughs> get fun cars exploding. And then also the main conflict is that Yai just has to pee really bad and she's stuck in traffic. That sounds like and, a kid's anime. <laughs> but it's like, it's so bizarre also. So it is, it is Color Man who they renamed to uh, Wacko Man, which also makes sense. Okay. You you had a face. I think that not makes clou- sense. Not Clown Man? No, well, Clown Man was in Mega Man 8. There is a Mega Man-based Clown Man. Okay, my mistake. <laughs> uh, yeah, how dare you? Like, how dare you? Not I remember mean, Clown Man in Mega Man 8. I mean, all my notes say Electric Man, and then I realize, no, it's just Elect Man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think I corrected you when you did send me that text. You were like, oh, oh I beat Electric Man. I'm like, uh, it's actually Elect Man, but yes, yes, you did. Or, or no, uh, I said Electro Man, which also... Like, yeah, still incorrect. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Uh, Just wrong. Real quick, around. the last, the last episode, and again, maybe the Japanese uh, finale, like that's you know we didn't get dubbed, is a more appropriate finale. I don't know exactly what's going on between episodes. Again, I can only speculate, but like, they they seem to be a virus busting team now because they go to. Find yeah, Lan's dad, who's just having globe-trotting adventures, and they go to like this abandoned mall where he's come up with an experiment to do a uh, reverse Tron. So he's sending things from the computer world into the real world. So obviously, okay. Now my mind was like, oh, this is fun. We're gonna get Mega Man and the other uh, Net Navvies palling around with our human heroes, right? That is like end of the episode. The rest of the episode is them just uh, walking around with like squirt guns. Shooting at the uh, viruses because squirt guns like deal with their electricity or whatever. Okay. It was such such a bizarre wasted opportunity. I really could, and the boss they fight in that the final fight they have to do is the final boss from this game. But also they recognize him, so clearly this had been like something that they had already done. You know, they probably Maybe actually before. gone through. Yeah, what if I you think wa- so. What if you're watching the plot of Battle Network Two and you're actually getting some spoilers, dude? I don't, I don't know, because there was a character who I'm like, oh no, I, I thought that character was new. He's just the son of the Iceman guy who just uses Iceman. Iceman's like a main character of the cast. I will say, hated his voice. I did not like that voice <laughs> at all. That one really took me out. I'm like, nope, this is bad. But yeah, it's just a very uh, typical, not necessarily like offensively bad, just a very typical. You know, kids anime from the early 2000s based on a game. Okay. There's not much more to it than that. Uh, I will say that I did Google, and again, I only like, read some Reddit posts or whatever that went into this, so maybe I'm incorrect, but I had to say, like, is the end game twist about Mega Man brought up in this anime at all? And the response I saw was no, it is not. Yeah. Regarding yeah, oh, regarding okay. Mega Man's creation, that that is never brought up in the anime. We'll get into that. We'll... Yeah. Touch on that. So, let's transition to this game. So, where we last left off, everything was fine. We had dealt with Color Man, and then uh, your dad invites you to a party at the science lab. So, you go home to get ready, and your mom's like, we'll, we'll go together. And then Wynn's like, nah, you're going to take too long. I'm just going to go without you, if that's cool. Okay, Michael, in your head, were you not like, oh, women be shopping? Like, that's all I could think was just like, this is so generic. Like, oh, mom's going to take so long getting ready because she's a woman. Yeah, Lance's dad says the same thing. That'll take a while if I know your mother. My note is such boomer energy. (laughs) The dad said it too. 
I forgot about that. The dad totally was like, oh, God, your mother. Oh, all right, fine. Uh, I guess we'll be, waiting. Up. we'll be waiting until we turn to dust at this rate. God. Then she shows up behind you literally five seconds later. I'm like, oh, my God. What? <laughs> yeah. I, by the way, I want a quick note, which is that I finally, I forget where, but I got the WWW pin. Because there's some doors in the net that are like, oh, you can't get past here without the pin. And I got it. And I was like, haha. And all I got was a stupid chip. There's just like one door in like the main first internet area. And all I got was a fucking battle chip. And I didn't I even think, use it, I don't think. Yeah, even I, who went deeper into the net, there were a lot of doors that just had nothing behind them. Yeah, that's it was very bizarre. It was like, I thought this would be like, oh, I'm going to unlock some really cool chip sets that maybe you do, but I just never ran into them because... I'll talk about this when we get to the next chapter. I kind of got up, went off on a weird path for about an hour, and went the completely wrong direction. But I think it oh my me. god, I forgot you were texting me. I I totally forgot you were like because I had beaten it when you had gotten to this point. I had already beaten it, and I was trying to figure out where you were. And when you told me, I was like, I have no fucking idea what you're doing. <laughs> I have no idea what your goal is right now. Like I leave this to you, sir. Yeah, I went. I think I found, like, the alternate path, the alternate dungeon of this thing. When the game's like, you've gone too far, man. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, so. it was... Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you found your way, though. But, like, by the way, I want to note that uh, there's there's that meme or, like, just viral tweet or something that was about, like, oh, anytime I see a waterfall in the video game and there's not something behind it, I'm upset. And I, I kind of get that, but I'm like, yeah, whatever. Now, after this game, if there's something I can't jack into, I am deeply upset. Like, I want to jack into everything I find. Like, one of the things you pass by when you're on the way to the uh, restaurant is you pass by, like, a dust chute or, like, a trash chute that says dust. And I'm like, I, I bet I could jack into this and fight ice – or, uh, sorry, dust man. And then it's like, no. You just you crawl can't. into it. When I – when I got to the freaking restaurant, I tried to jack into the food. I straight up was like, I bet I could fucking do something with this. Like, no. I also tried that. <laughs> nice. I'm glad I'm glad we had the same fucking... One of those had to be a fucking like, like, cyber steak be... or something. I was like, this is going to be a stupid puzzle. It's going to be like, oh, there, this... this um... The food is poisoned. <laughs> you have to jack into it. This roll has a USB port. Oh, real quick about the anime, one thing I want to note is, because I guess this is how it works in the game, that, you know, when you're jacking in, you are hardwired in. But so, for some reason, it is so much weirder seeing Lan have to go to the oven that is on fire and pull, like, push the fucking USB cord into it. Because I'm just like, back the fuck away from the oven! <laughs> But yeah, he's like launching himself into it. I don't know. It was, they kept having, the last episode, he's also like, oh, I invented a wireless jack-in thing. Which, I was going to say, they don't, they the don't Bluetooth really navvies will come out and No, he totally... literally invents Bluetooth in that last episode. And uh, <laughs> they don't even use it for like, for what it's used for. They use it to detect Mega Man who's lost in the net. Like it's a fucking uh, metal detector. Cool. It, that final episode is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, here's all, you finally get to see all your uh, favorite net navvies palling around with their humans. Oh, wait, it's literally like 15 seconds long and nobody but Mega Man gets any lines. So weird. So your dad uh, hands you your PET and is starting to explain why it's actually different, but then he's all of a sudden paged to go to his lab, leaving once again you and your mom to go to this party surrounded by people you don't know by yourselves. 
Yeah. Just uh, all big, around, big great family of, here. <laughs> big vibes of uh, Ned Stark saying to Jon Snow, next time we see each other, we'll talk about your mother. Big, big <laughs> like vibes of like, next time we'll talk about it. I promise. I really mean it this time. I mean, he actually does, to be fair. Oh, yeah, he does. Well, not really. He he talks about it way later, because as we noted in the first episode, the time skips are really bizarre. Uh, yeah. Which also, I want to note that at one point, Dex, the uh, Gutsman kid, who is, by the way, a main character in the anime, straight up says, like, nice. hey, Lan, why are you looking older all the time? And I was like, are they acknowledging that, like, the timeline doesn't make sense? Because... <laughs> There's a great line in the one other game I have been playing. I mentioned Final Fantasy XIV. There's a great line in the recent thing where, like, you see a character you haven't seen in a long time, and they're like, how long has it been since I last saw you? And you get to say either, like, uh, you know, like, oh, this many years since I actually last saw you since the last expansion, or, oh, like, two months, because the joke has always been, like, somehow ten years' worth of games have taken place within, like, two months in order for this timeline to make sense, which is absolutely impossible. Anyway, I just thought it was a line like that where I'm like, are, are even the developers, like, acknowledging that the timeline is very odd? That makes sense. That's really funny. Yeah. So, during the party, there's a weird bit where you have to... You're waiting on a, the speaker to appear. And in order for the speaker to appear, you have to talk to every single NPC in this room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was odd. It was. It's a very RPG thing to do. Of just talk to everybody, then we'll, we'll move on. But yes. you don't really get anything out of it. No. All you get is the cutscene where I wrote Lieutenant Surge from Pokemon, who we already know is involved with the WWW, announces they have taken over the underground power plants. Yeah, it's... Yeah, you get that fucking scene, and the power goes out, and one of my favorite things in this entire game happens. (laughs) Where... (laughs) Do you you know what I'm about to say? Where uh, the, the far left door is locked until it isn't. Oh, no, that's that's good, too. But for me, in this case, it is, okay, the power shut off. How are we going to see in the dark? And instead of it being like, here's a cool technological power thing, instead, it's just like, hey, Lan, adjust your eyes to the dark. Yes! <laughs> and Lan's <laughs> eyes just naturally adjust to the dark. I forgot so about he's that. The only one, yeah, he's the only one who can see. And I was losing my fucking mind. <laughs> I forgot because like, it's I, so innocuous. It happens like in two seconds. Like adjust your eyes. Okay, I didn't have time to write a note because I was like, wait, that's just that's weird. Anyway, let's do this. Thing. He doesn't have to look through his like PDA or whatever. He doesn't have to use any technology. His eyes just adjust to the dark eventually. It's fine. It, it's weird, and then we get the set. So then we go into the Electman dungeon, and the setup for this, it. Like most things in this section, it sounds like it's going to be the absolute worst thing in the world. On paper, you're like, this is going to suck. And then you realize it's not that bad. There's like three different points in this game where it does this. I have mixed feelings about the Electman Dungeon, partly because I think both of the mechanics are, are solid. Actually, one of them I think is really good, which we didn't... I don't think we mentioned last time that... It heals you. You don't have to heal after battle. You are restored to full health and everything after each battle. It's a godsend. Yeah, which is, we we didn't talk about, that is so integral to this game, because in this one, this is the one where they say, oh, we're going to take it away from you, where you will not be able to heal after each, or you will up until a certain point. Like, once you've been in there too long, you won't be able to heal again. And I was like, oh, this is going to fucking kill me. (laughs) 
and is absolutely going to destroy me. This is where I pulled up a map. Because I also yeah, found okay. out around this time that uh, apparently the DS remake um, Operate Shooting Star has a map on the bottom screen. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm like, it's not cheating. I'm just opting for the DS version this time. No big deal. Exactly, exactly. And also, gotta be honest, like I was saying with the uh, overwritten premise earlier for Mega Man Star Force, this dungeon's a little overwritten with its mechanics. Because it's yeah. like, okay, you can't you can't heal after a while. Okay, okay, there's these uh, puzzles with, like, this thing you need to put in a thing. Okay, also the floor is invisible for a lot of the time. Okay, it's like, all right, let's 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 calm down a little bit. Yeah, let's, let's calm down a little bit and, like, focus on one or two of these. We got ba- battery-powered colored floors that we need to find the batteries for and then put in the right place to make the colored bridges appear. We got invisible bridges. We got a ticking clock. That is constantly counting down to the point where this game become where it's basically a meter that's like at, from this point on the game's no longer fun. Yeah, it, but okay, you hit that point eventually, right? Like you did as well, because I did. No, I I hit it right before the boss with Electman. Oh, really? So I um I had to resuscitate Mega Man to life by pressing B over and over. Did you have to do that? What? No, I did not have to. Yeah, do I this. guess I took too long, and like, Mega Man runs out of power or whatever, and they're like, "Quick!" Like, I forget exactly what they say, but straight up, they're like, "Fucking resuscitate him." Is it <laughs> like, like to... the um, interrogation bits from Metal Gear Solid, where you have to tap a button to restore your health meter? Yeah, no, that's literally what it is. Okay, cool. It is, yeah, <laughs> it is just a quick time, like press the button a bunch. I don't know. I just thought it very funny. I'm like, what is Land doing to make this happen? And again, they didn't use the word resuscitate, but that's the vibe I got. Is like you need to resuscitate Mega Man back to life. And there's another like mini mechanic in this dungeon. Uh, so you have to find the sort of not the ghosts in the machines, but the little AI programs that operate the thing in order to find mm-hmm. the batteries. Uh, most of them are just uh, fake out boss battles, not boss battles, like mini encounters. Yeah, encounters, enemy encounters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this game has a all your base or belong to us joke, Michael. In- Michael, how... Okay, this game is so early 2000s. It has an all-your-base-belongs-to-us... Or, sorry, all-your-base-are-belong-to-us reference. <laughs> yes! So I was like, oh, so, yeah, this thing. <laughs> is that is that on record as being one of the earliest, like, viral memes? Or am I just... Am I too late? It's... There's some... For sorry, sure early. It's for sure yeah. early. I remember it from, like... The impact font days of memes. Yeah, this this was some I can has cheeseburger shit, but like before that even. Uh, <laughs> you know how old it is? At some point, I saw a local news, and not like where I am. I saw this on YouTube. Uh, some like local news report that was dealing with this meme. It was like, <laughs> are your kids uh, not speaking proper English? Well, it might be because they're spending too much time on the internet. And then they play the clip, all your base are belong to us. And they're like, this popular new clip is making kids speak improper English. And they oh like interview like a fucking parent or something or a kid or something. It was such a bizarre, uh, what moral pit, how slow of a news day. Like, I don't know for sure that it was pre-9-11, but it feels like a pre-9-11 news story. <laughs> eh, you're, shit. you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this dungeon, man, I... So, yeah, right off the bat, yeah, that all your base are belong to us. I gotta say, I think 
the puzzle solving mechanic is not inherently bad. What makes it bad is the battery system. The battery system because the using the like other batteries to do like a mini puzzle and then having to go recharge them makes feels like you're just wasting time whenever you recharge it when you don't get the right answer for it. The the so, recharging feels like the most frustrating type of padding in a game like this. It's either you could you could have had the ticking clock battery, you could have had the recharging. You put both in here. You could have mm-hmm. just put one and it would have been like, okay, here's a punishment for getting the puzzle wrong. But well, I already have a punishment for getting the puzzle wrong. Instead, I wasted time. Yeah, it's so, it takes so fucking, I did use a walkthrough in the end for, for some of the later ones because I'm like, I just, I'm tired, man. Once I you get to like the grid of you have three batteries and you have 15, you got to leave two of the batteries in the same spot. Oh my You got to take two God. of the batteries out so you can cross the bridge, put two batteries down. Then you can cross the bridge back to get that one battery to again put the bridge on. And it's just like the, that after the third puzzle. Stupid- yeah. yeah, this is that stupid puzzle that they give you in, like, elementary school where it's like, okay, the turtle is going to get all the animals yes. across the river, but the <laughs> squirrel and the fox can't ride at the same time, and you have to, like, figure out how you're going to get them all over. It's that, but also imagine if every time you are crossing over or just thinking about how to solve this problem, you have another fight. You have another random encounter. Like, we mentioned it before, but the, the random encounter marking your grade down game, from A, B plus, oh, B, God, it's, as you're yeah. trying to solve yeah, this exactly. puzzle. Yeah, exactly. It's so... The random encounter rate, this was another Iceman thing where I'm like, I really feel how high that random encounter rate is in this moment in particular. Yeah. Because, and also, I'm not going to lie, man, maybe as like younger kid me would have been smarter, but after like two random encounters of like where I had to recharge the battery, then I'd be like, oh shit, where did I last put them so I don't put them there again? And I would like forget. I would literally just be like, I don't remember. Oh shit, I might. And I think I'm sure I accidentally put them in the same place multiple yes. times. The random encounters breaks, like, your thought process for puzzle solving. It completely, because the gameplay elements are so different, your brain switches over to battle mode. Then when it goes back to puzzle mode, you're like, what was I doing? It'd be like if you're playing, it'd be like if you had Zelda dungeons in a Final Fantasy. Where all of a sudden you're doing a turn-based combat mode, and then you go back and you're like, uh, which block do I need to shoot with the fire arrow again? Or is it ice arrows? Oh, I'm in a battle again. Okay, never mind. Yeah, and I mean, like, Final Fantasy games have stuff, like, similar to Zelda Dungeon Turn, like, a layout. But I would agree it's not, like, find the item and then go over here type of thing. At least not usually. I, I also want to note that I think that this section was not meant to be completed in one setting, which, or one sitting, which is what I did. And the reason I theorized that it's because a lot of the friendly robots remind you of the mechanics of the batteries. Like, all the time. Yes. And Be it sure to really get the feels like... You can recharge them here. Yeah. Oh, don't ever put... They're never adjacent to each other. They're never adjacent to each other. Did we mention... Hold, shut the fuck up. Did we mention that they're not adjacent to each other? Oh, my God. <laughs> Be- so it really feels like they were like, we got to remind people, uh, kids especially every fucking time, that the batteries are not supposed to be adjacent to each other. Because they might start this up and forget what they're supposed to do. Which, in fairness, if I was doing this in more than one sitting, maybe I would have forgotten. Yeah, fair. So, we get to a really nice story bit here. We got multiple levels of kind of this same dungeon pattern that we've been talking about. Then you fight a Lechman, who... this Looks I really like great. this story bit here. Because you fight him, and then he, all of a sudden he can heal himself. And it's a frustrating moment for you because you think, wait, do I have to... Is there something I have to juggle here? 
first. Yes, um, but Michael, I'm going to be honest. I died to him before I found out that it was a you're supposed to lose boss fight. I actually <laughs> died in that first section before he heals himself. Oh no. How far did you go That's how bad back? I was on my first encounter. I just immediately got wrecked. I didn't even get that cutscene. He's t like a lot of the boss fights in this section are really tough until you figure them out. Oh yeah, they, I mean the, they'll have the final one especially or did you say the section but like the final one especially is so easy when you like know the mechanics and you just know which chips to come in with. Uh, yeah. But like that first time you are like, you'll see an attack and be like, Jesus, how am I supposed to avoid that? And then it's like, oh, this is how. Mm -hmm. But so... I did, yeah, I did lose to him, but then I beat him, blah, blah, blah. And then. But even then, this is the part where he heals himself. Then uh, Lan has to go and kill the power. That's like electrical oh, yes, shocking. I'm sorry, I did forget about this part. Yeah, he has to go. Because I really yeah. like this bit here, where it's the one heroic selfless act from Land in this entire video game. Yeah, so we were we were talking a bit on off mic about how like you know we kept joking about like oh Land is such a fucking asshole or or no sorry Land is such an idiot and it is like well he's a kid you know like we're we're doing a bit here because he's a kid. He, he is such an asshole, though. Like, yes. un, unreasonable. Just an unreasonable degree of assholeness. Uh, I don't know why he's like this. I, I don't like him. <laughs> he's such an unlikable... He's stupid and um, mean at the same time, which is a bad he combo is, he's to have very for a mean. protagonist. He's, like, I man, I guess I was a shitty kid. Did I like characters who were just mean like this? I probably did. I like... I don't know. Japan says, this is what the kids want who like Mega Man. They're all jerks. Let's yeah, they, he's such a jerk. He's so mean to Mail in particular... Or Meilu, whatever the fuck, in particular. <laughs> but he has one selfless act in this game where in order to save his family and all the people in this place, he does like a near sacrifice play where he grabs the lever and pulls it. And shocking himself like you can see the just electric shock engulf him as he pulls it down and then you get to the fight mm -hmm. and it feels like this part here feels like there's the most like narrative tension for the fight there's live there's lives in the line here more than like i think any other here in the color man fight i think well because we saw people yeah. die when Color yeah. Man was wreaking havoc. Yes. But it's funny you mentioned that because I wrote, I did write here that, like, even though it's totally, like, kid shit, I do like that before you even go to the dungeon, they set up, they're like, listen, if Mega Man dies here, he can't come back. Like, he will be dead. And Lan is like, uh, I don't think I want to send him in then. And Mega Man's like, you have to fucking do it. But they're, you're right, they do have that moment, a genuine emotional connection of, like, hey, just to be clear, like, the stakes are that he could be gone forever, not just game over. Like, that and is the idea. And that if Mega Man dies, with... then Land dies, and all his friends die because the power is shut off at this moment. So they gotta... Right, right. But I also, I noted that for the for the show as well, when I was watching, part of my thinking was like, what are the stakes? Because again, a lot of this is like internet battles, but then sometimes there's real world consequences. Oh, God, I forgot about the... I gotta tell you about the second episode real quick. Just, just the second episode, I'm sorry. I, I can't believe I skipped over that. They hijack a train. Like, the like the virus, I forget what fucking robot master it was or whatever. Hijacks a train, and Lan has to, like, get on it. And Lan... There's a bunch of adults around, but don't worry. Lan is the one who is gonna, like, stop this train 
Of course. Uh, oh, it is, it is a Lechman, actually. So it's related to this. It is a okay. Lechman who takes over this train. And they, you know, the train is speeding. It's going to crash with all these people inside. All these adults are standing around and letting Land, like, take control of this. And at one point, he has to jump between, like, two train cars. And I mean, this is like a subway. This is like a bullet train thing. And it's just a very, very bizarre sequence of events <laughs> that, again, just made me go, like, Okay, so this, and, you know, it actually is like the game in that they do this very life-endangering thing, and then, like, there's some joke at the end about, like, oh, English homework. <laughs> so, you know, it it's very much uh, in keeping with uh, yeah. uh, the game. I like that. So, this boss fight with the light man is pretty cool. He beat me the first time here. I said he killed me in two seconds the first time. The second time, I drew stu two steel cards on the first draw, which made this boss fight Ooh. so much easier. <laughs> yeah, I I really actually enjoyed this fight again once I found out what it was, because then it is a timing fight, and I did upgrade my charge beam, so I was just using, like, charge beam basically the whole time. Yeah. Because uh, I don't even need an animation for that. You know, I just let the button go and Proto Man's there. Yeah, once you learn the mechanics of that fight, it's it's easy but like a fun one. I did enjoy yeah. it. Uh, I also want to note that when Proto Man showed up, um, in my version at least, there was a typo. It took too long to break the Jack in protection. Two is spelled with one O there. I don't know if that uh, was the case in yours, but I just I saw that on mine. I didn't notice it if it was. Yeah, it's I I don't know why I noticed that, but I'm like, hello, hold on a sec. So once again. Uh, Land steps into Proto Man and Eugene's fake uh, plan and ends up making everything worse. So apparently Proto Man and Eugene lured the WW here with fake data. So now Proto Man wants us deleted. Which I also was like, okay, once again, how alive are these things? Are they alive or are they not alive? Because Proto Man is about to attempt murder if these things are alive. <laughs> well, we do know that apparently D human DNA can create. Yeah, well, we'll we got to save. Do we want to address it or do we want to save it? I got to be honest. Well, we'll we'll save that whole thing. But okay, if you if you're if you're listening to this episode, it's implied that you have at least familiar with the ending of this game. So yeah. Uh, Baby brother DNA Mega Man is about to be killed by uh, Proto Man here. So, yes. Uh, 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 you forgot I thought dead this boss baby fight. brother. Dead baby brother. Dead I baby really brother. can't emphasize how fucking dead this kid is. <laughs> I thought Proto Man was supposed to lose fight because I did not <laughs> land a hit on him. Yeah. <laughs> no, that makes sense. It, yeah, it, like I said, fun fight, I think, but... I think I was killed after two hits, like, immediately. I'm like, okay, shit, what do I... Like, because he, he does move very fast. It is a very fun fight that is over immediately, and I gotta be honest, man, I um, really was wishing I had save states because you have to start with the Elect Man fight every fucking time you lose to Proto Man. It's not... Yeah. This is, like, something in old games that you run into a lot where the boss fight rush to lead up to the final boss there's two in this game there's this one and there's one at the end of the game and because of that i feel like it's much harder for me to get a grasp on boss patterns it's ridiculous 100 percent. yeah where no i, I get I there actually, and also I'm like, how the do i do this are not similar like no, they not are not similar to each other at all it's not like here is my final form type it's no these are two different guys i will say this with every proto man fight 
once I figured out his pattern, he didn't hit me anymore. He was very easy once you figure out what oh, same. how far I think I had he more is trouble with the Elecman fight. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I had more trouble with Proto Man cuz it took me a little bit cuz I'm the D-pad I am playing on is pretty small, so using it to for precise like moving around and dodging attacks is a little bit harder for me. I gotcha. No, that makes sense. So, once I figured out his pattern though and his timing, he became very easy. So, uh Mega Man uh, teaches Proto Man about the value of friendship. Damn it, Michael! I thought you were going to say power of friendship, which is what I wrote down. But it's close enough. We basically, we're it, like it's literally everything you've ever seen a parody of of like value of friendship, power of friendship. They have that right here. Um, uh, which, by the way, this... I felt like Todd was just trying to create some reasonable boundaries with Proto Man. I didn't think he was being especially mean to him. I thought it was fair, except for the "I'm going to kill you" part. Yeah, that part wasn't great. Oh, I will also say I liked, I forget if it was Chod or Proto Man who at one point said, and I've never lost, not once. And all I could think of was the Tim Meadows scene from Walk Hard where he's like, he just keeps repeating, and you never once paid for drugs, not once. And he just repeats that line over and over when everyone's airing their grievances. <laughs> walk, walk Hard had get what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, Land is more concerned about hunger than anything else, really. There we go. Wiley has all the super programs now, are my last notes on this chapter. Yes, he also says, uh, by combining these programs, I can make, and then in all caps, you know what? Which I thought was genuinely funny. I did think it was (laughs) funny that he says out loud, I can make you know what. It was a fun bit. Uh, Now we get to chapter 7, Bomb Man. So we start with your dad sending an email roasting Chad, saying that his net battling must not be going well because he looks sad. Yeah, man. Every, I feel like after this point in particular, Chad is, he's almost like a fucking jobber. Like he's just like, yeah, this fucking loser. Like he's just such a, like a tryhard. His boss fight is literally the exact same. He has no upgraded moves or something, which is when you fight him again, because you can fight him again in an optional battle near the Which end I did. of this game. And I was thinking, oh, it's going to be harder. He's going to unlock some new moves and everything. No, it's just the same fight, except he has 100 more health. Yep, it was very, very easy, actually. Chod and Proto Man is a job. How do you feel about Proto Man being a jobber in this game? I'm I'm kind of okay with it. I mean, he would always show up, and then you'd fight him, and then he would, like, run away. So it's actually not that different from... It's in character. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember if they had the theme, but he did have a cool music cue in the originals. But I've mentioned before, I really like his design. Uh, Proto Man's, like, that fucking Zero-type ponytail with the white hair. Big fan of that. So, this section has a lot of running around before you do anything. This is the most paddingest of padding sections in this game. So, your mom finally vents that dad is never home, and she says, half... Says she's half. She has you around. She's happy that she has you around the house, and then you immediately leave to go do some stuff. Yes, uh, just the poor mom, man. That poor woman raising this boy on her own, with the dad always just like. And you know what? Again, it's funny. I think in the show, it's implied that he's off having like he's gallivanting around the world or whatever. And this, he's just busy at work. Yeah. In in the game, it's like yeah, he's just doing another late night. 
Uh, by the way, I want to note during this running around, if you go to Dentown, there's a young girl, like a six-year-old girl, who talks like a stereotypical stoner. It was incredibly funny. I miss like, this bit. Oh my god, I, I have the screen cap, I think. I I genuinely thought this was like a very funny bit. Maybe I don't have the screen cap. I, I, played, I was screen capping on my Switch when I would find people like this, but... She just said some shit that I thought was I thought it was funny. I thought it was genuinely funny. Uh, Chad is trying to find something called the Undernet. I just wrote the dark web from here on out because it's basically what it is. Mm-hmm. I think I found that on accident when I was going through the net earlier. So I jumped in the net when I got started because I wanted to do some basic like uh, grinding for Zenny and some new um, chips. So I was doing stuff weird in this section. So I went looking and I found the, where you enter the, the undernet. I got all the way up to that section. So yes, the, I got all the way up to the point where you can, uh, find the Jack in point for the vase in the shop, which is the closest point to the entryway to the undernet. So that's how far I made it. So, Unknowingly, I made that sec- this coming section a bit easier for me, and then I immediately made it hard on myself. I'll get there when I get there in just a couple minutes. But uh... I, I just want to note that like the undernet looks the same as the regular net. I was yes. genuinely disappointed that it was just the same backgrounds. I was hoping for like an inverted color swap with the E symbol being like backwards or something. That's a good idea. Like, yeah, I was just very like, all right, undernet, here we go. Oh, it's it's the same. It's just a net. it's a commentary on how the dark parts of the net and the the sanitized parts of the net are all the same. Michael, Michael, you should fucking run a tech company. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get some VC funds like immediately. I'm here to announce my Twitter column. Fine, <laughs> we need a, we need another competitor to Twitter. There aren't enough. <laughs> there aren't. We need enough. another one that everyone's fleeing to from the sinking ship. It's like if the if your your ship is sinking and there's like eight different leaky boats showing up, all trying to sell themselves as the best boat to get onto. Anyway, that's topical. That is topical. I have a topical joke in here, but I'm saving that one. I was able to beat the so. Um, you in order to get to the undernet, there is a virus boss fight. Uh. My note here, I don't even remember what this boss fight was. I wrote, I was able to beat the virus boss first try, but that doesn't mean I don't hate him. The boss shoots cannons in the air, and it's very hard to tell where they're going to land. Yeah, I think I remember this, and I don't recall liking it. I think it was just a weirdly, I was like, I don't know what the fuck this is, but I'm not a fan. Negative emotion, for some reason. Yeah, it's not a fun one. It's It's not one of the best ones. And as as you noted, like, this is just, it feels like padding. I know I'm. I don't want to go back to like the Elecman recharge battery shit, but there's that moment I remember kind of being like, "Is this, is this counting as a dungeon? Like, are we? Is this part of it? Because it feels Technically, like yes, yeah. It really feels like they cut a dungeon. and They were like, just have them run around the fucking internet for a little bit. I mean, that's what we did for the third boss in this game. Who was he again? It wasn't Bomb Man. Bomb Man's this section. It was a different dude. Where we'd run what, around Ice the Man? net and fight a boss. It was it was the one before oh, Ice Man. Stone Man. Stone Man. Stone Man. Yes. Uh, well, I always go back to like you know when people point out cut content stuff like that. The one I find is noted a lot is Wind Waker. Everyone notes that 
obviously the Triforce fetch quest is bad, but there was a dungeon cut early on, like the first water temple. But what they do when they cut that dungeon out in that game is it is a great narrative moment where instead of just like recycling another dungeon, you show up to where it should be and it is just this island is destroyed and they're like, oh shit, Ganon's already been here. And mm-hmm. in this game, it felt like instead of doing that, they're like, no, just just make some more generic like you know back net patterns basically yeah just basically. some regular pathways yeah so you get to the internet and higsby tells you that he doesn't know where the codes are to go deeper but a reformed friend can get you those this is where i made my mistake okay so two I things took... number one oh sorry uh i just want to note the poster of vile i never noticed that higsby has a poster of vile from Mega Man x in his shop <laughs> and the second thing was I was going to say, how, what, what what did you do? Okay, so I wrote I wrote down my entire thing here. I said, so right. I made a mistake and thought I had to go deeper into the dark web in order to find the WWW members. I thought they would be occupying like the turrets, so I had to find their oh. net navvies. <laughs> I thought I had to find their net navvies. <laughs> it turns out that instead you need to go to Sideworks and then Den City. What I did instead was I went to the deepest part of the internet and level, level grind by complete accident. My Mega Man is now level 31 and has a base buster damage of 5. Plus, I now have 340 health. I think I made this next section easier. We'll have to see. Yeah, you definitely came in leveled pretty well. So, I accident. It was probably more beneficial that I did this because it made like the last section a little bit easier. But I was frustrated going. Cause, so, you didn't do this optional section here. In order to get to different levels of the net, it great it finally takes into account your buster level at the end of fights, <laughs> which we've never. I'm like, I don't know. What am I like a fucking thirty, or is this like what? What's the scoring system it's, based on? It's like it? a level one through nine. It's grading you on a level like a one to ten scale of how good you did the fight. Mm-hmm. So in order to get to deeper parts of the net, it judges you based on the level battles you made on that floor. So if your score is too low, it'll be like, you can't pass. You suck, Lan. So you have to do the whole floor again. I feel like I ran into one of those, but that was it. So I I guess I got lucky with my random battles, or I was, or save scumming, whichever one. So I just got to, kept going deeper and deeper and deeper into the net. Going, where, when am I going to find these guys? That's why I messaged you going, what am I doing? Where do I go? It says I can't go any further. I'm so lost. Because you get to a point and, where it's like, yeah. you can't go any further. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, I got your text and I'm like, Michael, I'm doing cool guy things right now. What the fuck is this Mega Man Battle Network shit? And then I was also like, I also don't know where the fuck you are. Like, I was very confused what you were fucking talking about. Because I'm so like, I- just go find the three members. And you're like, I'm deep in the net. I'm like, why are you there? <laughs> then I was like, oh, wait, no, they're in that. Then I looked it up. I was like, oh, they're in person. I thought I had to find their net navvies. So. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, did he, did, I feel like Higsby said to do it in person. I feel like you just, like, missed that, right? Probably. Because Higsby told me where to go. Yeah. It's, it's 100, I'm not claiming it's the game's fault. I know I'm did at you fault press, here. Did you press L to, to get Mega Man to tell you where to go? I can't remember what he says. Because when, when you go deeper into the net, it's different versus 
I remember it was a different message because if I pressed L in that first room, I'd be like, oh, I got to go to Cywars. But I went deeper and I pressed L and he was like, I think we're going the wrong way. Oh, God. So very yeah, really. vague information there. Yeah. Oh, man. Again, they tried to make it slightly easier, but I guess it didn't work. So yeah. at one point you find a kid in the city who is lost and can't find her mother. You can also find a mom who can't find her kid. There seems to be nothing you can do to reunite them. I was so upset. Michael, I was so upset by this. I was <laughs> right? really bad. I was like, okay, I see where this is going. And it's like, let me tell what are the, what the, what the fuck video game? <laughs> nope, you just leave was, it with me. God, such, such horse shit. I really was bad. That, that made me so mad. It's, so, it's fucking basic game design. You introduce, like, a thing, and then the player retains that information and feels good about solving the problem. That's what this we call is a how side a puzzle quest. works. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck was this? that? Anyway. <laughs> that made me so upset. So you go to summer school to get the code for the summer school teacher who is a, a shadow former WWW member. Yes, big, big and fan of that. The last code is from an old man. The last of running around here seems like padding. I like the maze here. Speaking, in the speaking of Triforce Quest, that's what this felt like. It was like, yes. okay, just go, just go find this one. I wrote, I like the maze here in the WWW section of the map. Like it's just a no frills. Hey, it's a maze. Yeah, it was, no, it, it's it's very much a maze. I, it's after the last one that had so many gimmicks. It's nice to just be like, I just have to find my way through this. Isn't this nice? Isn't this great? Yes, but I, I will note again that the environments are so generic that I am True. constantly forgetting where I am going. I was just happy to be going the right direction. <laughs> that's true. After your experience, that's fair. Uh, bomb man boss. There's nothing of note here, I don't think. I also just wrote that uh, he looks okay. Nothing good or bad, really. Just a fine redesign. Yeah. Yeah. For, for the record, uh, Bomb Man is the one you're supposed to take out first if you play Mega Man 1. He is by far the easiest. Gotcha. Uh, he still looks... I wonder what his connection is with Gutsman Kid, because you said he kind of was like Bomb Man. Yeah, I, I thought for sure that was there. like why they were doing it. And I guess, no, that's just what Gutsman's... By the way, the Gutsman Kid's name is Dex. Um, I guess that's, that's right. just what he looks like. He's Gutsman he Kid. Just, He'll never be anything but Gutsman He, he just looks me. like that. That sucks. It's especially weird again to see it in animation to be like, oh, this kid doesn't have a lot of hair. Uh, I wrote Sharkman because you have to go back to. I went to Cyworks immediately after this because you have to do some like wrap up stuff before you get to the final chapter of this game. I wrote, mm -hmm. I tried to fight Sharkman again. He continues to be the hardest boss fight in this entire video game. Yeah, couldn't beat him. Sharkman yep. is harder than the final boss canonically. Yeah, I no matter forget. what patterns I have. Nothing works against him. I wish I could remember what that guy's fucking name is. Because, yeah, I guess, I wonder, he's got to come back to the other games, right? Or did the show, did it just pull up Misty and Brock and just latch onto this one side character and make them, like, a main character for the rest of the series? I hope so. Or, I, w I would love that. I mean, again, he's got that southern accent, which is great. Uh, and he's like, I don't know about no pets. The only pet pet I had when I was a kid was a cat and a dog. And Mega Man's <laughs> like, you stupid old man. <laughs> So uh, fucking I like, I also here? want to note that uh, the that girl who's nearby him, the wood the woodman girl, yeah, uh, she is in the second episode, 
and she is the one who informs Lan about World 3. And when they... I gotta be honest, like, when, when Lan says he doesn't know what World 3 is, they act like he doesn't know what fucking, like, Al-Qaeda is. Like, they, they're like, it's this fucking evil terrorist organization. How do you not know this? Do you not watch the news? And I wanted to be like, he's fucking, he's fucking, like, eight years old. Anyway. You're defending Lan in the anime, so... I can't, I, this is how low I've sunk. <laughs> so, I wrote a question here for some reason, I don't know if this is all correct, I wrote, do you find your dad? He wants you to talk to Chad. Yeah, I love that Chad needs a friend. <laughs> he just needs a fucking friend, man. Uh, Lan ignores the question. <laughs> and shows him he the address does... for the WWW. I forgot, he's just like, Dad, by the way. Again, this would be like, oh, kid, did you play with your friend? Oh, close, by the way, I found out that where Osama Bin Laden's compound is. And he's like, like that's just... good, son. Please don't go there. And yeah. Lan says, but Dad, he's like, all right, son, you can fight the terrorists because you begged hard enough. Whatever. Okay, that Be scene is dinner. bizarre for, for multiple reasons that scene is bizarre. My favorite yes. is the dialogue that I did screen cap, which is when he's trying to tell him the stakes. I feel like they don't they weirdly suddenly are like, by the way, there will be a war. That is the word they use. There will be war. a war. And so, like, there's this line of dialogue from the father. Mega Man could be deleted, and your actions could trigger the war. Can you take that responsibility? Like, it's just referred to as the war. Like, the war. like it's a thing that's already happened. And also, if you respond, because uh, obviously you get to respond yes or hmm. And if you respond hmm, like I did, he's like, yeah, you got a good point. That's a lot of responsibility. Come back after you've thought on it. <laughs> that's, like, <cool. laughs> that's amazing <laughs> yeah I think he literally says we'll talk about this later so so, so like uh, wait, didn't you you go home and sleep right like it feels like you're gearing yes. up to go do it and then you just go to bed I mean same honestly if I'm tasked yeah, with a big for, responsibility yeah. I just want to take a nap it's instead a this yeah. is the one thing I can agree with Lan on uh, Wiley's not concerned that the science lab knows his address because he made something called the life virus. That sounds bad. <laughs> I like the life virus. That's a good name. I'm, just, I'm, I'm fine with that as the name. Uh, why, uh, Wiley wants to erase stuff. That's their in-game plan is what I wrote here. Yeah, Wiley, you know, it's I'm not going to fucking um, nitpick it, but it is like, I don't know what Wiley's plan is exactly again. He's going to shoot a missile, and what does it do? Does the white it virus... deletes things. Okay, so it deletes, like, the cyber stuff, right? Does it delete the real world? I, I think so. Uh, I, I don't remember. I'm very confused by this whole plan here. I'm sure it's stated. Uh, yeah, oh, I, I just wrote... I just gave up on calling it the life virus, and for the rest of my notes here, it's called the anti-life equation. Michael, I was just like when they called it that, I was like, "This is just the fucking anti-life equation." <laughs> I was, I was also like, "Okay, he's just getting all these things together in front of like a blackboard," and it's, but instead of a fucking equation, it's it's just a virus. I was also like, "This is just the fucking anti-life equation." <laughs> but that's fine. That's fine. Whatever. He needed all of these fucking things to make a to make a virus that deletes stuff off the internet, which is not that difficult. Or or again, real life. I don't know. But also, so, like, I did like how the old man was just like, wasn't he like, yeah, I know I don't look it, but I was in, you know, World th or Web 3 or whatever the fuck. Uh, like, he's just a very old man. <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, I know I don't look a kid, but I was a terrorist ten minutes ago. 
I'm reformed. I changed in my old age. A lot of reforming going on in this game. I mean, because they see Wiley's sinking ship, and they're like, we don't even know what his plan is. We're just going to bounce at that school. He's getting he's getting schooled by a 10-year-old, so. Yeah, they, yeah, they were like, this is a red flag, guys. This is, <laughs> I got to be honest, this is a big red flag. Uh, there Dad were several really other red to... flags. The, the presence of skulls everywhere on the designs, also a red flag. But him Calling losing it to a 10-year-old. the life virus was a red flag. Yeah, yeah. No, no concrete business plan. Big red flag. Uh, Dad doesn't know <laughs> how to get WWW, to the base. WWW, which takes way too long to say. Another red flag. Yeah, Lots exactly. of red flags in the Wiley zone. Just, just do better with your terrorist organizations, guys. Come they're on, not doing, doing good. They, they're, no. they could take notes. They're bleeding members. <laughs> they're getting <laughs> owned. They're looking. Oh God! You know, we we barely had anything to the uh, donation box this month. You just gotta have faith. <laughs> Look, we're trying. What, so. what if we throw a pizza party? <laughs> Yeah, that that'll, that'll uh, bring in some new members. Just uh, ice cream social. Come to the W3's ice cream social. We'll get started. We'll we'll discuss net navvies. You can jack into the ice yeah. cream. Everything's good. Uh, yeah. Also, it's mandatory, so everyone has to do it. <laughs> yep. Uh, so so when you wake up, by the way, doesn't he just hijack the TV? Which I feel like happens a lot in media, and I never saw happen in real life. Yep. Bad guy. I tells everybody his plan. Uh, Wiley announces his plan to the entire world instead of doing it. They will be hacking military satellites. That's bad. Okay, that's what it is. Uh, like, or or what? What are you gonna do with it? Whatever. Um, man, did you talk to everybody after this? After this message goes out, did you talk They're to like, all the NPCs? This dark man. They're like, this is the funniest stuff in the game. <laughs> There are genuine. There is a genuine laugh out loud moment where you talk to this old woman, who says like, "I think it's finally time," and then says, "Grandpa, I'm coming up there to yes. tell you." And it's like, Jesus. Yes. A woman that seems uh, calm about the whole thing. She's ready to see her grandpa again. Uh, Higsby is there, kidnapped. Yes. Uh, real quick. There's also another guy, just some random adult man, who when you talk to him says, "Little boy, please do something about the WWW rocket." I just like that even, like, this game is like, you there, child, do th- do this, save the world. Oh, yeah, Higsby is kidnapped, isn't he? They're all kidnapped. Wait. Yes, they're all kidnapped. All the W3s, right? Yeah. So, Mail is behind you. Lynn thinks Mega Man is hearing things because she's trying to follow you uh, to the base because you have to... You're trying to find the location of their... Ba- you, well, you know where it is. You just got to figure out how to get there. And all it is is... Isn't it like a just a Metro card that gets you there or something? Yeah, but it was something you had to... Uh, oh, you had to find it. So that was the problem. For me, at Higsby's least. Is that you could get the card easily. Yeah, the card's not the problem. The card is right there by Higsby's desk. There's someone who says, like, oh, it looked like he dropped something or whatever. So it's like, okay, the game was like, here's where you need to go, dumbass. I'm like, great, I'm a dumbass, I need it. What was confusing to me, and it kind of ties into something I brought up in the first episode, is apparently you're supposed to go to the school, and that is where the metro line is. I was just trying to, like, yes. use the card at the main metro line, and it was doing nothing. It's the, that's right, it's the fountain for the school that opens up. Yes. And yeah, there's no hint or indication about, yeah. that any of this... 
it, I guess it was there was weird. something about rumblings there or whatever, but like, I gotta be honest, man, that one was really kind of a stretch for like, where do over I go? My head. I think like, there's a bunch yeah. of weird stuff happening. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, uh, like, yeah, because you, you do that, you take the metro line, and then you end up at, like, you know, But the pass is expired, and the alarm sound from GoldenEye plays. Oh, my God, I forgot how stupid this is. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, you have to, this is so, I say stupid, it was so unnecessary. You want to talk about padding, dude. Yes. This, like, the pass is expired. <laughs> I'm sorry, what level of, like, lack of inspiration? How desperate are you to pad this game? You're like... We need, like, 10, like, 20 more minutes. And you're like, well, what if the card is expired? I, I don't know if I've ever had that in one of those, like, RPGs where it's like, get the key card to go here, and they were like, oh, it's expired. This, to me, was a genuine... It, it it's sucks. fine because I didn't have to have a bunch of weird random encounters, but it is a genuine low point in the padding. You, just have, like, you have to go all the way back to this, the government building and have your dad just change the expiration date. That's all... That's all like, there was yes. no reason for it. And then There's he apologizes. Absolutely no reason for it. Because they realize we have to give him a character moment, and then he apologizes for not being home enough. Is that why you think they did it? Like I, I, I don't, don't. I feel like they could have written that into any other scene. Yeah. This this was genuinely baffling to me, because it's not even like a dungeon. It's literally just just go here and do this. And if. If you didn't have this, then the lead-up to the dungeon would actually be pretty good. Because you get to the dungeon, all the three defectors are tied up, and then you climb the tower. And this is just... This reminds me so much of Ganon's castle from Ocarina of Time. Because yes. each section is a mini version of the dungeon that you've played. And all these were fun. I like Michael, all this these. might be my favorite part of the game. This I, was my... like, what if we did all those mechanics, including some of the shitty ones, but like put them... They are way smaller... And they're more fun because of it. And the level, the like, the random encounter bits didn't feel as egregious here. It might just been because I was like leveled up to high hell, or I don't know. I yeah, I I didn't have a problem with the section. I I actually had a good time. I was enjoying it. Also, the music in the section fucking rips. Yes, it's really good music. I wrote my next note after this because I was I was involved with playing the game because I was having a lot of fun here. My next note is please no not another Iceman lair. Yeah, I was a little worried, and it was probably the weakest section still. But like, I got lucky on the the big ice thing. I got lucky on a diagonal slide, so I cut like a puzzle in half, which was nice. Yeah, I I think this I did turn. I did. I remember now. I turned one hit kills on for a bit, little bit. Um, once you saw ice man you're like nope not doing this basically again. yeah i i tried and i think the moment i had to go back and do the same sliding puzzle again i'm like you know what just just do one hit kills i'm not doing this yep, so this is fair. the one time yeah Iceman really is like the worst part of this game uh can i also just note that he's talking wiley is talking and he keeps saying uh yahoot go and deal with this i thought you wouldn't so apparently the guy he's talking to is named yahoot i thought he was just saying yahoo with like a german accent I thought he was just like, Yahoot! Go! Like, he was excited. Yeah. Did you have this issue? Because I genuinely thought he was just saying Yahoo. I think I think I was laying on Yahoot, like, as a, as a weird, like, cheer or something. It just right, didn't stick it out like... to me in any way, shape, or form. Okay, it really took me off guard when I found out the guy's name was Yahoot. Um... <laughs> 
also when it came time so like the whole thing is you get to the end of each of these uh mini dungeons and it's like oh no mega man can't do it and then a friend comes in to be like hey i can help out and for Iceman, when Iceman showed up, I'm like, oh, what is Iceman going to do to get rid of the ice? And he just eats it. <laughs> yep. Why was that... Take a little time away from writing the section where he goes to get the past fucking uh, renewed or whatever, and instead figure out something Iceman could do to the ice besides eating it. <laughs> is, is my advice to developers 23 years ago. I do like the... Um all the side characters coming in and helping you. It gives a really sense of finality to this game. Though I like a lot of the side characters, their dialogue's a lot of fun. I think I wrote Oh yeah. Roll appears for the first time this half. Yeah, it's Roll gets sidelined. I I like Roll in this game, so I was not a fan. Uh I'm still confused what Mega Man and Roll's relationship is, which I don't like. Yeah, I I, I I think I looked it up. I think they're not related in this universe, but it's still... If you're related in any universe, it's already, like, a red flag for me. Yeah. Uh, here comes Man, the I... point of the return save. Lan, when Roll appears, Lan says, I was doing fine by myself. No, you were not, Lan. You had help in literally every other dungeon. Oh, so that must have been, Michael, I literally have in my notes, it just says, fuck Lan, and I didn't write any context to that. That's probably But it. I believe, based on what is before and after, that is this part where I just said, what the fuck, dude? I might take uh, it back. It might not be... It might not be Shark Man that's the toughest boss fight. Magic Man is kind of brutal. Magic Man's pretty rough. Oh, so, so the only way I could beat Magic Man... So Magic Man is one of those bosses where, like, he spawns in smaller enemies, but you can he can only have two at a time, right? Yeah, I would just get two enemies that were easier to avoid than others and just keep them alive. Okay, what I did was I used, um, I made sure to have a lot of steals in my deck to steal to locations down the board. Because then there's some ones whose attack don't reach fully. And I can yeah. just charge, go to the middle lane, shoot Magic Man, jump back, charge, go to the middle lane, shoot Magic Man. So as long as I was juggling, like, the lesser enemies. But because of that, you have to kind of pray to RNG Jesus that this kind of works out in your favor. Because if you get two hard enemies from the get-go, mm-hmm. it's going to be tough. And especially, if you we're, get that past the point cloud. Of, we're past the point of no return save. So it makes every loss in between once you finally meet the final boss all that more frustrating. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think Magic Man killed me way more times than the uh, actual final boss did. Yes. And I think it is because, yeah, there were just some enemies, and I, I, again, I bet, you know, people who've played this game front and back know, okay, these are the best ways to take out these enemies, but, like, especially with those fucking clouds that would, you know, summon a thing, I truly, I hated those maybe more than any other enemy. I hate the uh, clouds. They're the worst I ones. really hate the fucking clouds. And I found the clouds that, actually, the I... fast-charging uh, heads that you have to shoot with a higher level attack oh, in order to break yes. the defense. But I kind of liked fighting those. I genuinely enjoyed like the the mechanic of like, okay, let them shoot and then dodge and shoot again. Those two together were a problem. Anytime it was those two, the cloud enemy and the charging guy on screen, I died yeah. like, every time. Did I, you, I, I agree. Did you also wrote, he's a magic man, whatever. I did not, but I was, I did think it was funny that he just said, 
yeah, you know, magic man. I was like, we're not going to do any joke on this. But yeah, <laughs> basically, I was I was thinking it. Okay, that, that's good enough for me. Uh, after a tough boss fight, Mega Man is shot with the anti-life equation and is killed. Proto Man then kills Magic Man. And then... So, so it is. I, I just want to note when Mega Man is quote unquote killed, as you say, they cut to land, and it's just look. It looks like it's just him looking at his iPhone. It's this very dramatic moment, huh. and he's just like looking at his phone, like he just pulled up Google News. Like this, huh. just in. Your brother's dead again. <laughs> yeah, well, my brother. Yeah, oh, it's because it's this is where we find it all out. The, your dad reveals Mega Man was made with your stillborn's twins' DNA. Named Hub. Oh boy. Okay. So so the name Hub is dropped at one point. There is a hint of that. But I a couple Okay, a couple things about the sequence. Number one, the music is wild. Like what a choice. The music is such a for a dramatic, you know, your partner is actually essentially the ghost of your dead infant brother. That was the music they chose. Which is like a pretty upbeat theme in my opinion. I, I'm not a music connoisseur, but I was like, wow, really? This is the music we're going with here. And, okay, this is the classic, like, this, I feel like this happened way before. Like, you would not get the story now because we all know how DNA doesn't, you can't just do this with DNA. But, like, I feel like there was a point in stories around this time where DNA was just the go-to for everything. Of course. DNA, yeah. yeah. So it is like, well, it, and I specifically have here, he says that, uh, that you two were from the same egg. That is uh, what the dad says. He literally says, I got the quote, you were born from the same egg, your DNA is identical, to which I'm like, well, the father is not a part of this equation, damn. And I I feel like, oh yeah, that's what it was. He was not only, he wasn't even like, he says he had heart trouble and became too weak to live, which is a dark line in your video game about children. Then you apply... Hubs like backup DNA hub dot bat to megaman.exe. You basically mod your executable file so that it can play on Windows XP or something. Yes, with the <laughs> DNA of and I need to stress this one more time, your dead twin baby brother. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it it literally is your it, it's just an insane choice. And I don't entirely blame the people who made the anime who said no, that's not what we're going to do. It's the Shadow of the Hedgehog thing all over again. Except not oh, as egregious, but... You're right, because the Shadow of the Hedgehog one is applying a real-world horrific disease to uh, this fucking talking supersonic hedgehog. Yes. Whereas this is, in a weird way, it's much more tame that it's like, oh, it's a it's a dead kid. That's That's what is at the heart of all this. Sure, why not? Also, I didn't get a chance to watch it before uh, this, but I was like, did they see the movie AI? Was that out at this time? Was that what that movie was about? The fucking Spielberg uh, Kubrick movie? I haven't seen they it. Haven't... Neither have I. You know what? I'm, I'm probably talking <laughs> out of my own ass here. I do know, I never, I don't know about like regular Astro Boy continuity. I know that in the movie, that the American movie they did like a decade ago, they do the same thing where the kid actually dies, but a hair is left, and they clone, the, they get all his memories and, like, clone him from the hair into a robot. That now, I don't right. know if, I don't know if that is original Astro Boy or that is just the American version of this, 
but in a weird way, if it is, it does fit into the original Astro Boy, like, you know, Mega Man, Mega Man is just Astro Boy, like, keeping with Keeping with Capcom, the Bionic Commando, your wife is your arm thing. Yes, I, you know what, that is the Capcom fighting game crossover I want. I want all the dead family members who came back <laughs> as, like, technology. We can get multiple, there's like, listen, probably, how many... There's probably a couple in Resident Evil. I was about to say, there's got to be, like, at least two from Resident Evil, where it's like, oh, this part of me is, like, my daughter, or something like that. What the fuck is Lisa's deal in Resident Evil 1? I don't remember, but she's probably part of this. <laughs> but yeah, so so we've gotten to the big elephant in the room, which is that... And, by the way, uh, Lan takes all of this like a fucking champ, obviously. You know, very few questions. He applies the mod to the executable, no questions asked. He's like, sure, I'll apply this DNA to my robot. Also, uh, I love, uh, I do have the line of dialogue where Mega Man, or Land says, you mean Mega Man will be, re- you mean Mega Man will be born again, dot, 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 as my twin? To which I'm like, no, that is not what he said. <laughs> what, how the fuck did you get that? <laughs> it's a lot for him. To be fair, this is very confusing stuff at a very traumatic time. He's fighting terrorists. Yes. And he's told his stillborn brother is Mega Man all along. Yeah. Wily Can- enters the anti-life equation into the big machine thing. Also, is your dad Dr. Light? <laughs> so, okay, I found this out. Your grandfather is Dr. Light. This was oh. a very weird thing to not have in the game, in my opinion. Like, it was very weird that... And I, I, he is called Dr. Akari in this. I don't know why they decided, like, oh, he is uh, not going to be in... The, like, they don't address the Dr. Light, Dr. Wily thing at all. I mean, I say... Okay. They, they kind of do. They say Dr. Wily says, like, I'm going to get back at what was done to me. I have to stress this. Uh, Wily turned evil because your dad uh, beat Wily out of a spot in basically med school. Yep. Yeah, Did no, I, it, is that oversimplification yeah. or is that exactly right? I would say your grandfather, but other than that, yes. Okay, that was the uh, yeah, grandfather. That is, other than that, no, Michael, you're correct. I have the dialogue here too. And yeah, he basically just says like, I made the WWW because... God, okay, sorry, the W3. I made the W3... Because uh, he wronged me 30 years ago. Hell of a grudge. And it's very... I don't know. I, I'm genuinely a little baffled at why they didn't have the Dr. Light stuff in this one. I know it's that it is so addressed confusing. in later games. But it was very out of nowhere. Not to... Obviously, like, Wily is not much of a character in the original Mega Man games. But in this, it felt like they had a chance to make him more of one and then didn't. He's just, you know, like... A, you know, Wily very is... Much- a non-factor in this game. I feel like all Almost. the other villains are more distinct. I would say every other member of W3 yes. is more distinct than Wily is. Uh, big... I wanted to find out more about, like, Magic Man, dude. Oh my god, he... what is going on with Yahoo? They introduce Yahoo, and he seems like the most interesting guy, and they just introduce right? him at the end. That Yeah, it, it, it is so bizarre. It's literally insane. That's you know, you know insane, what it like, is, Michael? They, it podcast, feels like... That feels right, actually. Wait, sorry, what? I said insane like fifteen times on this podcast, but it, oh, I, me too, brother. I, it's it's a lot. I, I just want to note that Yahoo to me, he's like when Force Awakens was coming out and they had Captain Phasma, and they were like, "This is the new Boba Fett. Everyone's gonna love this person," and no one gave a shit. And then there was that one guy who like spun the fucking like stick around that one stormtrooper. That to me is Yahoo. That was the one that everyone actually fell in love with. They wanted us to think Wily was the big bad, but no, Yahoo. I want I want more of him. So, 
it's it's final boss fight time. Uh, you're gonna die a couple times, and this is the part where I almost freaked out because there is a lead up to the final boss here that has random encounters. And I was like, no, oh my don't god, you I was dare so scared. Do this to me. I and was this, so scared. It feels like a fake out because it it was easy every time, and I They're did very it easy. every time. Or it might just because it was more hyper aware, going, no, 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 I can't, I'm not gonna let this fail this time, no. Yeah, man, I was I was a little nervous. I'm not gonna lie. So, final boss dude is like a giant bug thing that spawns bug things of different elements to shoot at you. It's not bad once you figure out the pattern of what you're supposed to be doing here. So, I have a big opinion, which is, I say big opinion, actually a very small opinion, but it should have been uh, Yellow Devil from Mega Man 1. It was very bizarre to me. I guess they wanted to make up their own, if they're going to make up their own original, you know, fight boss monster at the end, that's all well and good, but they should have done it more interesting. I don't know. Life Virus was a very generic, like, bug design. I I had to look up a picture of him. Like, I have a picture pulled up now just so I can remember what he looked like. Because he looks different. Yeah, he looks different here than what he did in my head. Yeah, I I don't, it's fine. I just would have preferred, like, I honestly thought we were going to get the Yellow Devil for Mega Man 1, and who came back in like all the other Mega Man games. The boss thing uh, here is really cool because it's a remix version of the main credits theme. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yes, yes da, it da, is. Da, I know, da, you're da, right. Da, 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 yes, da, I did. Da. This game has great music sometimes. It's a Mega Man uh, game, so of course there's yeah, good music. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, uh, except when you're finding out about your uh, twin brother who, whatever. Uh, yeah, the... I think this boss fight is it's a good final fight that I, I almost mentioned this. I found invincibility or sorry, invi- well, it's both invisibility to just be OP as fuck in the end game. Cause it is just like, okay, here's his big attack. And now I can just turn invisible and keep shooting. Yes. The, that, that, and, um, what's it? The way, the wave attacks were clutch, Always. I couldn't use game. those. I was awful at those. I I didn't. I took them oh, out of my deck. Oh, sorry. Not the like tidal wave thing, but like the um, energy beam that shoots across, like in a vertical or a horizontal line across the screen. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah. I I could not figure out the waterways. They were good in theory. Also, really liked the um, big golden dude that falls from the sky and attacks in all four directions because you can just easily. When you start around, you can just throw that for the middle of the stage, and it'll break up the stage and hit on all four directions. And do Wait, like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's the little, like, golden bunny rabbit anvil thing. Oh, not... sorry, I thought it was part of a life virus thing. Yes, sorry, no. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, he came in handy a lot, especially for this, because his attack was so high... Oh, if in a frenzied panic, I could just throw him anywhere and he would knock down the defense of the life virus. So I could go in and just hit BB, 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 with my upgraded uh, rapid shot um, uh, proto cannon and just not knock his life bar down. Yeah, no, I, I think I literally just did a lot of charge beam stuff and like cannons. I think that was how I went to the final fight is like charge beam and cannons. And it, it, again, lots of invisibilities. I just did a shitload of invisibilities. Yeah, me, me too. And so once you beat him, the thing blows up and you escape. Uh, 
it wraps up pretty quickly here. It's a typical, like, it's a very Saturday morning cartoon ending, which very much fits the game. All your friends are gathered around the front of your house, and they're like, uh, well, first land friend zones mail. Okay, here's, here's like, uh, okay. Lan and Mail, so I think I wrote, yeah, I did write down here, like, when Mail is trying to basically get with Lan, I'm like, God, Mail is such a girl. Like, that's the vibe of this. That's God, what a, what a fucking girl this girl is. <laughs> uh, which also is funny in the anime when Lan jokingly kind of, like, says, oh, we're a couple, whatever, to, like, piss, I think it's pissing off Gutsman Kid. She, yeah. like, kicks him in the nuts and, like, walks away. She doesn't actually, it's not actually the nuts, but she, like, elbows him or something. Um, so she like rejects his advances in the anime, but in this, she's, the opposite, I love yeah. how everyone is like, yeah, you two kids should be together. I'm like, I don't know. They're fucking 10. Like just ch- everyone chill out. Uh, let's all like take a step back. They're all doing this by the way, right outside Lan's house. I thought and, that was, uh, I was like fucking, I don't know. Is there like a barbecue? Like, why are they all out here? There is, because there's a bit here where mom's, your mom says, uh-oh, I smell something burning. And then Lan has to, says he's going to go in the stove to turn it off to oh, save her Oh, right, cooking. that is the end of it. That's the here we go again bit, yeah. Like, oh, we got to do this all over again. And then we get a kind of, where are they now of all the robot masters, like little cute like cutscenes showing where Yeah, that was, it was neat. I is. liked it. Yeah. Yeah, here's where everyone, including the mother and daughter that were missing each other earlier. Did you catch that? I did not. Oh, yeah. Okay. I see. I'm, I'm watching this playing in the background to refresh my mind on some of these things. And they do meet up. Okay. Yes. Yes, they do. At least there's that. At least there's that. No, they I do choose get, yeah. to believe Thank God. Helps. Thank God that happened. Because I, again, I was actually genuinely upset. I and my head cannon land said where he was because I could not believe. Like, hey, there was a missing person over that way. Yeah. That Why was is everybody so... hanging around the power generator switch? Dude, the power generator's the cool place these fucking days. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's doing TikToks at the power generator. Then your net it pans over your room. The Your net navy is, like, beeping. I don't know if that's, like, a call for to action or if it's a, um, like, just it's uh, completed charging or something. And we get our presented by Capcom with the time it took to complete this game. And that is Mega Man Battle Network. Yes. This was a ride. It was it was an experience. So if I could describe it in a word, it would be rough. Yes. It it was just and I think I said this use this word multiple times in the first episode, but it is very rough and it is very first drafty even though well let me say this everything outside of the combat is rough the combat i think is really excellent like i think they really had something here the combat is 90 percent there what it needs is different loadout slots and Mm -hmm. um something to do with that i something in combat they didn't use often was uh sacrificing a draw to get a second draw of cards. I tried I that, that at often. first and didn't actually find it that useful. I would rather just, especially, and I also think it helps that later when you really know how to organize your deck, you just, you know to put more in that will be able to uh, be used simultaneously. Compatible cards. There, yeah. There's definitely, I'm sure there's like a meta to this that is interesting, but 
I I was with you. Also, I did keep forgetting to, and this is not a fault of the game. This one is mine. I kept forgetting to just upgrade my deck. Basically, I would have to be like, oh right, I have a better cannon than this now. Like I need to replace all my cannons with this cannon. Every time, yeah, when I see one pop up of a cannon like that does eighty damage, I'm like, no, get out of here. Yeah, a hundred damage I, or, or more, not less. Yeah. So I mean, it was it was rough, but like I'm glad I did it. Um. I'm glad I did this with you so I really, like, could power through it. So, like I said, this was a new Mega Man experience to me. I am a typically 2D Mega Man person. And, again, this was always something that was there in my childhood. Like, I remember this in middle school. It was there, but I didn't really care about it. And I had been waiting on this collection in particular. I I had, like, ROMs of the others, but when I saw this collection was out, I'm like, fucking A. And then I found out about the borders, and it was too late. And then, by the way, I want to note, <laughs> it was literally my last play session when uh, they put that update in there. Like, literally, I am in the final dungeon. I had just done, like, the ice part, and that was when I saved, and the next day when I came back, there were fucking border or no borders. But you got a bunch of other games to play now with that, and... Yes, 100%. It... Well, I let me, let me re- ask you this, I... Michael. Like, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say... I came out pretty positive on this game. Because, like we said last time, the Iceman dungeon is still the worst dungeon. What we were worried mm-hmm. about did not come to pass. There is not a section worse in this game than the Iceman dungeon. And because of that, I feel like this game is mostly a... Uh, here's a pun. A net positive. <laughs> That's a good one, Michael! Thank That's you. That's a fucking... You did it! <laughs> fucking did it! <laughs> so, Oh, I, God. I like that this is my introduction to Mega Man. I like having the weirdest possible first game to play and beat of this game. So I kind of want to check out the rest of the Battle Network series. Maybe not like immediately, but mm-hmm. for sure Battle Network 2 is going to be something I would want to check out eventually. Or even just go back and play. Uh, what I might do is start the first one of each of the Mega Man games and just see which one fits my vibe the most. Oh, that's interesting, because... Like, do a, Mega know, Man, do a Mega Man Legends, do a Mega Man Zero, do a Mega Man, like, Network Battle, do a Mega Man, like, Classic, Mega Man X, and just be, Mega Man Soccer, and just be like, what's my Mega Man? I like this world, I like these characters, I like the look of everything. Which Mega Man is my Mega Man? And it might be this one. I like this one from a starting point a lot. I hear that the first Mega Man game in itself is a good idea that's pretty rough. So I'm very curious if Battle Network 2 fixes, irons out a lot of the problems and actually makes like a really cool uh, portable RPG. I think that's fair. I think that you definitely should, because I'm a big Mega Man fan, you should try the others. Um, But I think the comparison to one, I mentioned this in the last episode, but I, I stand by that. I think it is a rough game. It's got a great foundation. But it really needs to be ironed out. And there's just also a lot of like late 90s, early 2000s design choices that don't age super well. And by the way, I want to note that this collection, I was really hoping there was an option to turn off random encounters like they've done for like the Final Fantasy remasters. Uh, that would have been that would have been nice. But, you know, so be it. You can turn I off random I'm... encounters in the Pixel remasters? Oh, sorry. I don't know about the Pixel remasters, but for like 7, 8, and 9. Like oh, the PlayStation okay. ones. Yeah. Oh, that's... Um, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what that means, but uh, <laughs> it, it's very nice for for certain things. And so, yeah, I I'm glad I did this. I did have fun with it. I think just the frustrating parts really stood out for me. 
because, and by, by the way, I don't know how I would have done this game without like podcasts to listen to for some of the drearier parts. I'm not going to lie. Uh, again, shout out to Emperor Justinian on GameFAQs. Uh, this game was was very interesting. Uh, it's an interesting piece of Mega Man history. I'm glad I watched the anime for it just to see how, like, again, a multimedia thing in the early 2000s was launched. And, yeah, I, I have one last issue I do take with the game, which is that of the Mega Man 1 Robot Masters, they have five of six. They have Fireman, Iceman, Electman, Cutman, or sorry, Gutsman and Bombman. And what I'm getting at is, where the fuck is Cutman? My favorite. He's the fucking greatest. It is a bizarre absence. You don't start inge- the show with a showstopper. You gotta save him for the sequels. I can't you believe Cutman wasn't in the- this. I'm genuinely, like, not happy about that. <laughs> Cutman is my fucking favorite by, by like, a mile. Go watch some early 2000s ads of Battle Network 2 and see if uh, Cutman is teased for the sequel. Yeah, I'll like have if to. he's the he's the big bad. Well, he yeah, he's definitely the one like the the post credits like why wasn't he here to begin with? Like you know this is hundred percent fucking uh, uh, Nick Fury showing up at the end of Iron Man. Like what's going on, Lan? <laughs> You're here to talk to you about the fucking Mega Maniverse. I forgot that was actually a game. So and the we Net-Navi. call something else, but still the NetNavi initiative. Yeah, man, uh, I, I did enjoy it, though. I actually, I was very positive. The negative stuff, it's just easy to talk about because it stands out so much. I agree. This this game club was a lot of fun, and I'm very glad we did this. But, Tanner, mm-hmm. why would we let the fun time stop? Would you like to join me for one more one-shot game club? I would love to, Michael. So we're finally going to do what I suggested and play WarioWare, right? <laughs> This was, a gen- Listener, this was a genuine suggestion I made that, like, I don't think Michael even wanted to comment on. Well, because I, I had played, I already beat WarioWare, like, a month ago. So but it's, it's still... like, a perfect video game. You can't it, beat WarioWare enough times. It goes against the spirit of being, like, returning to, some, returning to something, finding something I never played, having a new experience to talk about. Otherwise, it's just like, yeah, WarioWare is great. I played it last month. What more All right, do you want fine. Listeners, you can't see it, but I'm I'm visibly pouting right now. Well, I wanted to tackle uh, a genre we haven't touched on the show in a very long time with Firewatch. The idea of like the first-person narrative adventure game. I was kind of in the mood for one of those. And mm-hmm. I was looking through the list of what, what's available like on PS Plus. There's a Steam sale going on. I was trying to find out what were some of like the more seminal ones. And then I found out something I've heard of but had completely forgotten about. A game called Tacoma. Yes, so I'm not crazy. That is the name of a font, right? It's the name of a a town in um, uh, Washington State. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. So yeah, Tacoma. God, is that is that not the okay? Yes, Tacoma. Uh, by the way, one of your one of your games you suggested was What Remains of Edith Finch. I would like to note I have played that. I think it's fantastic. I don't know if I could do something that emotionally taxing again right now. Okay, I didn't know how emo. Because the thing is with these, you never know if it's how emotionally taxing the say is going to be. Jazz punk was one of the ones on my list, and I was worried that would that would be fun, but I'd be worried that we would just be talking about that was a funny bit. That was a funny yeah, bit. I to- oh, I totally get that. It can it can be hard in general to talk about like a comedy, especially if you can't like think it's easier for like a video essay is to do it because you have the visual there. You can like play the clip. I agree. But I 
Yeah, I, I will say uh, What Remains of Edith Finch is a fantastic game. One of my favorites in this uh, walking first person like adventure type thing. But I've, I have also never played Tacoma, as you said. Yeah. So let's get into some prep work. So this is right away. I'm going to frame this. This is a tragic story of a studio, which is where I don't think we've heard about Tacoma because it never got like it's follow it's it never got its follow-up it's never got its people who's like yeah their next game was great but man tacoma was good too it never had its like chance in the limelight to become a cult classic it's right. not there it's in this weird space so i want to get into this prep work tacoma is a first person narrative adventure game by fulbright fulbright is a portland oregon based studio that was formed in 2012 by level designer steve gainer game developer and director uh Johanneman Nordhagen, I apologize if I uh, mispronounce any of these names, uh, animator Carla Zamania, and environment artist Kate Craig, who joined later that year. So most of the starting staff had worked together on the very well-regarded Bioshock 2 expansion, Minerva's Den. Carla and Steve wanted to work together on another project after the expansion's development, and Steve was born in Boston... Well, sorry, sorry, was it born in Boston? Steve was in Boston to work on Bioshock Infinite, and Carlo was in San Francisco working on the Bureau XCOM Declassified. Remember that game? There's a lot you just said that, like, fills me with negative emotions, including <laughs> the Bureau XCOM Declassified. But to be honest, Michael, I am talking to you, and you just said the words Bioshock Infinite. And listeners, for me and Michael, that is, like, a banned st- topic of discussion. Yeah, because we're not going to. it will... We're not going to talk about it. Um, we're, already, we're already two hours God, deep. We're not going to... Yeah, <laughs> d- God, you're d- right, though. The Bureau d- XCOM, that was a weird time. Right. Bad time. I've, I've had that on a, I had that on a spreadsheet somewhere going, maybe one day we tackle That this. would be... I will be honest. That would be a fun one to be like, what were they thinking? Is yes. it a hidden gem? Or is it like, no, this was right to like be forgotten? Uh, yeah, big, you're right. As a big XCOM fan, that's always been like a... A pillar of curiosity. I think it's backwards compatible for some reason. I don't know. Anyway. So the small team came together at Portland, Oregon, getting a house together to work and live in. Kate Craig with the exemption, working out of Vancouver remotely. The team worked together and created their first game, Gone Home, which a lot of you have probably heard of, which was lauded by critics by its storytelling and progressive themes, and would go go on to win Polygon's Game of the Year Award in 2013, and a BAFTA Award for Best Studio Debut in that same year. Hey, Michael. Yes. Have you played Gone Home? I have not played Gone Home. Okay, I have. Just so I will be walking in with Gone Home experience. Okay. An idea for a second game was formed immediately, an adventure game that takes place in Tacoma, Washington. However, this was seen as derivative of Gone Home, so that idea was reworked. What was crafted instead was a story that took place on a space station, with the player participating more in the story compared to the previous work. Nina Freeman, the co-founder of Code Liberation Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to increasing women's involvement in video game development, joined the studio as one of the development leads for this game. Tacoma was teased at the Game Awards in 2014, the Game Awards' like first official year, debuting with a trailer featuring radio chatter. In mid-2015, Fulbright decided to do a massive reworking of the game due to the feedback from playtesters, and a new and improved Tacoma was shown off at E3 2016, with the game finally releasing on in August of 2017. The reception to this game was cooler than it was for Gone Home, but still positive. Sales for the game were, was decent enough to keep the doors open at the studio, 
Steve Gaynor speculated this was due to a shifting landscape as well as a massive volume of games released in 2017. 2017 was a very, very packed year in both the indie space as well as the big AAA space. There was a lot of games out in 2017. I agree with this point that um, this game probably just got buried and lost in the shuffle. Yeah, uh, I mean, when you mentioned this game, it was one that I re- I remembered it. I did remember it, but I had just forgotten. Yes. And I had never played. It was in my library. And for what it's worth, part of the reason I was interested in this game in particular was because Gone Home was such a big deal, at least in like the indie game space. It, and also, it started some of, in my opinion, the most insufferable discourse uh of around that time in regards to like what is a video game and you know people were like well not this type of walking garbage and it was just very and for the record i'm not the biggest fan of gone home but there was just such it was so annoying to discuss the that discourse yeah the discourse was awful what is a and video game it, to, does, it doesn't have a fail state so i'm like does it yeah. need one and the argument that well it, technically it could be a fail state if you leave before seeing everything so that's a form of losing it's just like what are we uh, it, just everything the, about it was just play this was thing, a bad time interact interact with the medium or don't interact with the medium just <laughs> but yeah. but i don't recall tacoma ever having anything like that conversation like it really felt like it came and went and i think honestly I you click i think i watched a quick look from giant bomb on it and went that looks neat and then just never it left my mind immediately yeah it's it's just interesting i usually where i hear about these things is like game of the year discussions like i mentioned giant bomb giant bombs game of the year discussion mm-hmm. is it's usually where i find out the indie games that stuck with them throughout the year and that they're pushing for and those are the ones like I usually pad out my indie game list at the end of the year because those when those topics come back up again, like these are the ones that are worth playing. These are the ones that stick with you, especially in like 2017, uh, whenever the switch, whenever the switch was becoming a thing, whenever like uh, uh, PlayStation and Xbox have been out on the shelves for a while and they got the feel for that hardware. These were where a lot of indie games were coming out. So I was, yeah, you had. It, in order to find those, you mostly had to stick with like people and follow people that you trusted. And whenever they talked highly of something, that's what made me want to check stuff out. Yeah, I would say that, I mean, that about sums up why Gone Home was such a big deal at that time. Because it was, so the indie boom, I would say, I know that like someone will, would be able to correct me and say it started earlier, but like, Braid happens in, I want to say, 2008. Maybe I'm wrong on that. 2008 or like 2009 or something. That sounds right. Uh, yeah, and then Gone Home comes out in 2013. And there's all there's a lot of stuff in between there, obviously. But Gone Home really felt like this is not... Like, Braid is very much a video game. Like, it's got time-warping puzzles and stuff. Gone Home is not that. Gone Home is literally, like, you are here. And you're going to walk around and do stuff. And I believe uh, Journey had also come out at this time. Journey was uh, 2012. Yeah. So it wasn't unthinkable to have a game. Although, uh, obviously, Journey has more, like, platforming elements and stuff. Yeah. Um, Dear Esther had already come out as well, which I've never played. But as far as, like, these kinds of first-person walking narrative games go, I've heard pretty negative things about Dear Esther. And yeah, that's the one people tend to, I think that's the one that people were throwing around the term walking simulator for. I think, yeah. And very derogatorily, whereas 
you know, you guys have talked about Firewatch, and Firewatch to me was the peak of the genre. I, I guess it still is. Maybe it's Edith Finch. Edith Finch is a very different, like it. It's a very different uh, emotion it's going for. My and favorite of these types that I played is probably the Beginner's Guide. I've never played that. In fairness, is worth playing. Like fair, yeah, I should that play that. Really but yeah, Tacoma, yeah, you're, it just, like, I, everything you're saying is like, yeah, Game of the Year, or sorry, Game Awards reveal, all this, again, is from the Gone Home people, which, again, I, I've said what I said about the discourse, but, like, it was like, oh my god, the people who made this indie darling are making a follow-up, and then it just came out, and, then, and that, that was it. This is pretty much it, because I usually don't go further than the game itself for prep, but this is worth mentioning, and sort of how I want to frame this whole discussion. Getting into some more heavier stuff here. In 2021, it was reported that 15 people had left the studio, including 10 women, during the development of their next game, Open Roads. The employees that left cited that the development of the game was played by a toxic work environment facilitated by Steve Gaynor, who was accused of micromanaging and belittling the women of his staff. After the departure, six people remained at the studio. In 2023, Steve Gaynor is the only remaining member. Yeah. This reeks of a studio that was, because we talked about, they were a tight-knit group, they lived together, they described it as like living together like a rock band, and then uh, they took on more staff members, and it just grew and grew, and then it's less of a band, and then when you have like a company like that, someone has to be at the top, and the person at the top, there's like a mentality that comes with that, that true selves get exposed in that moment, and then just became a it just became a toxic work environment because of that and this whole this whole promising uh darling of a studio just instantly made two games and now it's on its last lifeline like one employee that no one wants to work with is the only member which doesn't that's not good no man it like yeah like you said it just uh i mean it, it seems like this guy was always this you know like it, it when they brought more employees on, it just probably exposed it more. Yeah. And it's just unfortunate, but, you know, it's, I'm more mad at the people who are driven out, um, especially when they leave the industry because of stuff like this. I don't know if these uh, particular people did. But, you know, they're, like, elephant in the room as well. There's no getting over the gone home at the time was like, this is around the time of like, I think pre-Last of Us DLC, so, like, Gone Home was one of the big games to have, a, like, a lesbian relationship at the center. Yeah. Like, that, you know. And so I think there was a bit of, like, not disappointment, because I think, I don't think you should lionize anybody like this, but I think there was just a sense of, like, oh, these, this guy was a fuck, yeah, he just ran a toxic, toxic work culture, despite the fact that he fucking made this game about, like, a, a lesbian, essentially. And, you know, in the end, he was just a piece of shit himself, by all accounts, at least. It's, there's multiple layers to the sadness here that I feel for this studio. So I think going back and playing, like, their last game as a sign of what could have been. There, what promises are here? What add-ons to, like, the sort of narrative adventure, walking simulator game are thrown here? that could have been expanded on with another game or this team working on a completely different thing. I want to see what this team was capable of when they were at their, like, creative, like, apex. 
you know. And I mean, it's it's interesting because you've also, uh, like I said, you covered Firewatch. So this is post Firewatch. This is like, all right, how are you know, quote unquote, walking simulators? What is the next stage of evolution? Because Firewatch, y'all crushed it. Y'all crushed it with Firewatch. So what happens next in this genre? And, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, obviously the different developers, different but developers. not yeah, uh, but. Yeah, uh, I will just say, uh, for any listener or you, Michael, like, if Gone Home is, like, free, you know, that game is short as fuck. It's, it's like an hour. It, yeah, it's really short. Um, I might delve into some walking simulators during this time just to see. <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting because it's yeah. undeniable that it's a genre, or, or at least a style, if not a genre. And some of them, I like, are very effective. Again, I think Firewatch is excellent and i think dear esther i cried i cried at the end of dear esther or wait no fuck not dear esther no no no. i didn't even play that sorry uh edith (laughs) Finch. Finch. yeah okay they can't just you know what not just like here's a fucking uh person's name go that we're outlawing that for the yeah we're not doing oh god there's gonna be one and it's gonna take place in virginia and the girl's gonna be named virginia there's a game called virginia oh wait really that already exists i don't know if it's walking it might be an adventure game but (laughs) whatever whatever listen i don't (laughs) what a yeah, you know what? Let's get the Mega Man walking simulator. I yes. would kill for the fucking <laughs> Battle Network walking simulator. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what this is. And yeah, I didn't know I or I did. I recall hearing about this stuff about like the dissolution of the studio, basically. But until you brought this up, I had kind of put it out of my mind. Me too. And, I did not. I yeah. forgot about this whole thing. Like it just fell by the wayside. Like to be fair. Uh, the years 2021 and 2022 video game news was not really at the precipice of my mind here. I, I think it was, if this is 2021, I think this story is buried under like more cyberpunk 2077, uh, discussions, you know, like it's like, whatever I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to play this game, uh, both as like, like you said, this, what could have been, but also just like, what was, what were they going for at this time in this genre's uh, stop, like in this evolution, essentially? Yes, and if you and listener, why does no one like, remember? Yeah, and if you listener like to play along with us, the game is available on Xbox, PC, Mac, PlayStation, also a part of the PlayStation Plus Extra tier, and Amazon Luna. First time playing an Amazon Luna game. Hey, Michael, I have to ask a dumb question. The fuck is Amazon Luna? It's their streaming box. Wait, so it, it it is a box? It's a box, or you can play it Amazon on Amazon made a Fire TV. Like not like a Fire TV. Like literally, is it like specifically for games? Yeah. When did this happen? I think it might be a. It's like their Stadia thing. I think it happened in oh, like God. a couple years ago. Okay, see, this is why I'm. I would rather be playing games in the the net from the year two thousand. <laughs> all right, that's why I don't know what this is. Well, well, we can because it's the end of the show. Staying yep. in the save at gmail.com for all your emails, uh, questions, complaints, and um, su- suggestions and whatnot. We are at Stay of the Save on various social medias, including Twitter for some reason, Instagram for show updates, and TikTok and YouTube for some fun little clips from the show, as well as some like just lunacy that happens there. Uh, Tanner, thank you so much for joining me for this one and for the next one. You've been a great guest. And, Thanks for uh, having thank- me. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. It was a really fun time. Uh, and thank you, listener, for 
continuing to support and listen to Say the Save. Uh, once again, stay safe out there. Oh.